What's up, everybody? Uh, I'm going to be quick with today's intro, but I just want to pose a question because I just realized it's Wednesday, June 21st, which is Go Motherfucking Skate Day. And uh, I just want to ask you guys, how do you feel about Go Skate Day? What have, you, what have you done to celebrate Go Skateboarding Day? What does it mean to you? Does it mean anything? Is it bullshit? Um, I don't know. Get at me. Um, you can respond on social media. We are at All I Need Skate on Instagram. Facebook is All I Need Skateboarding. And Twitter is All I Need Skate. We are also on YouTube. You can check our channel out at youtube.com forward slash All I Need Skate. Um, yeah, leave a comment on any of those platforms with your response. Uh, I think it'd be sick to hear what you guys think. I'm kind of up in the air, you know? I've done some sick stuff for Go Skateboarding Day, but it's also weird just to define one day as Go Skateboarding Day. I don't know. Strange concept. But I want to hear what you guys think. Uh, today's episode is with my friend Zach L. from Henry and Fran Brewing. Uh, this was an awesome conversation, man. I'm hyped to share it with you. I just love the skating and the scene. Rain, rain, go away. All I need is a skateboard today. Board today. Board today. This is the Shetler Show featuring professional skateboarder, podcaster, and All I Need Skate founder, Anthony Shetler. So everyone was, it was hot. Everyone was doing it. Yeah, they're looking for their dad's fucking metal skateboards in the garage. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, yeah. Get on this thing. <laughs> Each episode brings you amazing discussions with interesting people from all walks of life. Kind of when skateboarding clicked for me and you learn some tricks or whatever and you get that appreciation from your peers, you know, the other skaters are like, holy shit, like, yeah, dude, that's rad. Admiration. Yeah, yeah the admiration or the, the affirmation. Real. Recognize real. If I didn't experience those crazy moments in my life, then these great moments would never be as great as they have been. Honestly, like for me, I just loved it. Like I saw those dudes, I saw those videos, and I was like, holy fuck, this is sick. Yeah. This is what I want to do. Yeah, I fucking, I've been saying that, like we were talking about America, how you have the freedom almost to do whatever, because I'm always, I'm always amazed that in America you can make profit off of, like, setting people up and destroying their lives, like, almost like putting the noose out there, and just if you can catch it, you can make profit off of it, like, that's scary, but that kind of ties into what we were just talking to, talking about off air, about, like, Germany. It's <laughs> so crazy, dude. Well, you know, um, there's just people are, at least in general, built with like a moral compass. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, uh, they can be influenced and their compass can go in a different direction than what it normally would. And, yeah. You know, you have a sort of, you have, you have a sort of effect uh, that with any large population that works the same way, if you heard something was really good from 50 people, 
Yeah. You know, you're going to believe it's good before you even try it. And you're going to yeah. probably be more open to liking it. Especially yeah. if it's sold to you in a nice way or yeah. some crazy tactic. Or, or if it's, like, not affecting... It, or if it's, like, something where it will never affect you. Yeah, yeah. You don't have as much care for it. You have no regard for it. How something. could you? It's hard it's to relate to it. You know, and, yeah. and in all honesty, if you're, if you're doing better because of it, you... Have an inherent interest in to support it. To support it. Yeah. So you know, in, in all honesty, people. Well, some people may believe people are inherently good. Everyone, for the most part, will do what's best for themselves. And yeah, not and not what's best for themselves and the whole. Yeah, and and, and that's just a, a human trait. You yeah, know, you're never gonna really. The only way to counterbalance that is that you have to, like, interact. We have to communicate. We have to build community. You have to work together. And you have to grow and, and like, understand each other. But that means across the board, you have to allow every type of person to, like, participate. You know what I mean? Like, be part of that. If you alienate any type of person, like, that gets gnarly. That's what kind of Germany did. They, like, that's what I was (laughs) floored about Germany. Like, we were talking about it. Who's this cat? Oh, this is Benny. Benny, what's he up? He hangs out. He'll come say hi. Um, before we get into it, what's the dog's name? Oh, Moose. Moose, and he is a Great Dane. How big is this guy? He's about 170 pounds. Moose. He is, loves his toy too. Yeah. He actually like he'll he'll like hide them. He'll he has certain places for certain toys around the house. He stashes them. You Solid. Know, like. Yeah, that's a but, good idea. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Elwood does that. My dog, he'll, he'll hide, like, his bone somewhere, but he'll hide it in my pillow. So I'll yeah. go to lay down, and there's a bone stuck in my <laughs> face, and I'm like, Elwood, it's a horrible spot. <laughs> Cat's rubbing up against my coffee. Come on, bro. I'm going to drink from that. <laughs> yeah, we, this whole conversation started off crazy, but we were talking about... I was just, like, thinking about Germany and the way this person explained it to me, how they were just... Dis- they were basically extracting wealth through demonizing and, like, hurting another population of people like making them the source of all problems like that's a crazy crazy concept you know well it freaks me out because then you look at politics in america today and the shit that's being said and how it could be taken either way is horrendous yeah absolutely (laughs) and i mean uh if if you if, if like go in that direction of american politics when it really gets down to it um those things that people are divisive aren't, aren't very far off. Yeah, and, yeah. And in all honesty, most of the people likely agree with each other, but they have party lines yeah. instead of just, you know... Um, They're, like, on a team, and they already subscribe to, like, some yeah. bullshit that they maybe never even questioned. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or they just stayed quiet about it for so long that they don't want to give their opinion anymore. Yeah, which is... You you should, you're in the um, wrong game then, right? Well, no, you're trying to get elected. The game isn't actually doing anything worth meaning. The game's doing what's best for yourself and for a politician that's getting re-elected. So, yeah. oftentimes... not Career only, politicians, right? Yeah, not Comes a, a job. Yeah, and they, that would... That would... You know, that would certainly changed with something like term limits where you had, you gave people a maximum you know limit of, of say even 20 years yeah. you don't even have to be like if it's you have people that have been elected for eight terms as senators a senator's term is six years Not really. you know yeah, so that's, like 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> you're in there. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're there a while, dude. So That's a problem with education, too, right? Because they get, like, tenure almost, and they're just locked in, so they don't have to be flexible as much? Well, um, yes and no. Public schools, even if you have tenure, you can still get... Um, you can still get let go. Yeah. Okay. Um, I know nothing about it. Uh, that would be more of a tenured professor, like okay, in a yeah. college setting. So you and though there are plenty of those in public run schools. Yeah. That have become set in their ways and don't necessarily. And I've run into a ton of professors, um, and this is ninety you percent know, of my professors were wonderful and la di da. But I, I certainly know. And can think of a few professors that didn't grade me on the quality of my work and graded me on either A, how much they liked me, or B, if they agreed with my uh, stance on something, as, yeah. opposed to, as opposed to how well I argued the point, which... Is, you did well. Yeah, I, I, did, I did all right with that, you know, like... It's a twenty-page paper, so nice. you, you know you can't take it up with garbage. Yeah, that's <laughs> sick. <laughs> Usually written a couple days before it was due. <laughs> nice, you got it done though. Yeah, you go on and like just a writing bender and stay up all night and write the paper and then go to sleep, wake up and then reread it and edit it the next morning and turn it in. Yeah, I do that with my videos. <laughs> I like go in, I have to go through and pick, edit it all down, and then I have to like step away from it. You like the water, huh? <laughs> You're chilling. Yeah. I wanted to start this thing with um, skating. All right, cool. So maybe we can start yeah. with, like, what was your first introduction or what turned you on or what caught your eye with skating? Um, the first thing I ever saw was this kid do a kickflip. Nice. Solid. And I remember because I was in this parking lot right in Manchester near the library, New actually. Hampshire. Yep. Nice. We have uh, ties from there. For sure. <laughs> we were talking about that earlier. Yeah. Um, and actually, I'm pretty sure the kid that gave me my first, it was a used skateboarder, it was a used Jeff Grosso black label skateboard. Nice. And I was like nine years old. No, I might have been a little older. I, I don't know. One way or another, I got it when I was like nine or ten or something. That's a good age, though. Um, I do like a lot of skateboard lessons and they're that age and it's a good age to get into skating and I'm pretty sure it was this kid named Nick Gonis that we both hell know. yeah and Nick's the uh, man what up <laughs> and uh, he gave me a pair uh, a used he kind of like repainted and made it nice but nice. it was Jeff Grosso black label hand me down uh, yeah, nice. yeah it wasn't even soggy though so nice solid a, yeah it was like gnarly and uh, brand new venture trucks so that's why I think I know it was Nick because he only ever rode venture trucks <laughs> that's funny um, <laughs> I've hung out in Nick's house and got pretty wild a few times we had some good parties like yeah. ridiculous shit like yeah. <laughs> mini ramp and run yeah. around the neighborhood yeah <laughs> he's the man um, I haven't seen him in like since he was in the and like I don't think in like five years either we just kind yeah, of lost touch and he's not even on Facebook or anything so yeah I don't think I know his brother his brother Alex nice um I did like a scared straight thing when I was in when I was in the Marines oh we gotta get into that for sure <laughs> <laughs> it turns out well though dude uh, but uh and I'm pretty sure it was like Spitfire wheels because it had the little nice. Head. But it was brand new wheels and trucks and like a used skateboard and he like really hooked it up and uh, and I didn't really know what I was doing because I never hung around. He was older, you know. Yeah. And uh, like he was like 
you know, three or four years older, which is a big difference. And, you know, when you're for sure. Kid. Yeah. And, uh, there's leaps and bounds between like seven yeah. and 10 and 11, I'm sure. Like, and then even before that afterwards, you know, like, yeah. It's yeah, yeah. So, um, but he would hang out. He was always like really nice. And my mom and his mom and his mom's sister is best friends with my mom. You know, some thing with ladies and kids and everyone yeah. hanging out. <laughs> Um, Sick. <laughs> you, know, you got like, skated too, so overall he turned you on. So, yeah, 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 and that was it. And that was the first skateboard I got. And for a couple of years, I just tried to push around an ollie, and yeah. that's all I tried to learn how to do. But I was, I just didn't have any direction. I couldn't figure it out, you know, like yeah. on my own. And I was a kid, and I, you know, nine, so I couldn't. There's no one in the neighborhood. You I kept would, going with it though for that yeah, long. Um, <laughs> And I just kept doing it and doing it and doing it till I figured out how to ollie. Hell yeah. And it took forever. Dude, the just, ollie takes a lifetime to master. Yeah, I've been saying that lately. <laughs> it took forever, and I still don't actually... I actually learned how to ollie switch cleaner than I could ollie Rags. regular. Wow, sick. So, switch ollies are dope, though. Yeah, and yeah. it's... It, it looks switch when I do it, but nice. it's actually easier for me. Oh, sick. Um, <laughs> not anymore, but, the, you know, the concussions and crap, but... I'm still, I'm getting back on, and I start, I finally did a switch ollie, uh, actually, I talked to you, I got all psyched, I went out and, like, tried to switch ollie, like, I wasn't moving at all, I was really just like, alright, I can do this again, um, but, you know, and then I moved, and then my skateboard got stolen. Fuck you, uh, right? Yeah, like, within a day of me moving, I, it was on my, my, my front porch, and it got stolen, and... Shit's valuable. I, you know, I, for it. I, I know who it was, and I'm not going to drop names. You son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so I didn't skateboard for, like, six months, because I was still a little kid, and I didn't have a job, and then, um, this guy, Kevin, that was, like, a U.S. surf coach, and yeah. owned the, you know, the area we were in, like, the land we were on. Oh, nice. And, uh, he also, like was like a part owner or something at um, Cinnamon Rainbows. Oh, nice. So he went and got me a complete board. Wait, Cinnamon Rainbows is a shop? A surf shop. Nice, and, sick. And, and they uh, hooked me up with a complete board, and it was an alien workshop. Damn, sick. Um, and it was just, you know, decked right out, and, you know, everything indies. And I, I've pretty much ridden indies since then. Sick. Um, so... They're a little heavier, and they always have them, but they always grind better, and yeah. you just switch out the bushings with the, uh, who the fuck is it? I never remember. Like the tool or whatever? Oh, no, no, no. I switched the indie bushings out for these Oh, other some ones. other ones? Yeah, yeah. Oh, like Bones the ones, bones bushings. Yeah, yeah, they have the hard cap on the top. Yeah, yeah. the mediums, and then I just take the, uh... I take the little metal piece off too. So yeah, you so just it's just get a little wrong. Loose and, yeah, yeah, that seems like a good setup. I was gonna say earlier, you should come to the edge and skate with me, dude. Oh, I haven't skated since I opened the brewery, man. Oh, I haven't man. skated in almost a year. I, I bust my ass. Like, yeah, but I do skateboard. Like, <laughs> I'll come and hang out. <laughs> you should come watch one. It's so fun. I like relearn how to balance on the board every time. Oh, dude. That's where we start center of balance on flat ground, standing uh, still at that. Very cool. I will come and hang out. Then. Yeah, all right, all right, you have a commitment. I will get back on the board. Yeah, at least been, one session. Yeah, I do like ninety goes. hours a week right now. So yeah. I'm like gnarly. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> just I uh, usually get home and I unharsh my mellow. Yeah. You know, as some of us do. As you should. <laughs> you know, and that's kind of it. But uh, back to that. So I got that skateboard and it started ever since then. And I think uh, the first conversation we had, I was talking how I would have been a lot better skater if I didn't get so stuck on like trying to do tricks yeah. regular before I learned to switch. Oh, yeah, and yeah, And I yeah. would have just become a far more well-rounded skater if I tried to learn switch at the same time I tried to learn regular. Well, it would, have, it would have opened more opportunity. Yeah. Because if you think you have to just do all regular and master that, that could take a whole lifetime. Yeah. It could switch. But yeah. maybe you could have, like, a melding pot of whatever switch yeah. and all the fakey, like... It'll make you a lot more versatile. Yeah, and I wish so. I really learned, like how to skate switch sooner yeah by the time i got there i was only getting good at i was also just going to spots that you know because i wasn't as good i would go to like the unh 10 stair you know and drop that or i'd be doing a lot bigger drops so yeah it didn't really facilitate doing stuff that i could barely do like ledge tricks with you yeah know, you know? did you ever have like a local skate park you went to um dover the day it opened i was at the dover skate nice. park but i also lived in like new durham farmington area okay yeah all the way up there and i and you know my mom like wouldn't drive me all the time so <laughs> i would honestly like skate around town there was like two ledges in town yeah we um, i remember we skated ben franklin when in like raymond new hampshire yeah. skate around we we bring our flat bar to Ben Franklin's which was like a convenient uh, what would you call that like a box store yeah and we put the flat bar out there and that was a spot because yeah. we like didn't have anything you have nothing <laughs> and, and not only that I, I got until skateboarding like until skateboarding got cool like yeah. sophomore year in high school I would just get constantly made fun of and like no one in the town wanted to skate they wanted yeah. to like, so like there would be like three people or four people that would skateboard in the town until it got popular and yeah. all of a sudden there was a whole you know you were like, like a nuisance forever. We yeah. would have like DIY spots and they'd shut it down. Yeah. And like those skaters were like punks and shit. Yeah, you would like skate in the street, not bothering anyone. You'd even get out of the way when cars came. Yeah. And you wouldn't taunt anyone. You would just be trying to do like flat ground stuff and cops would roll over and be like, yeah, you gotta get out of here. It's because they had like stereotypes about yeah. skateboarders. Because it's transportation and anyone can use it, you know? Yeah. But they had stereotypes of like young kids doing sketchy shit you yeah. know <laughs> and like i wasn't even being a jerk like and then it got to the point where where like we get mildly like contentious with a couple of the cops in town yeah. mind you there's only like 12 of them yeah but like one of them was my neighbor you get to know each other yeah and cat and mouse so i do i do shit like if i didn't have like let's say i didn't have pot on me yeah, yeah you know and back in 99 dude if you had pot on you you were going to jail yeah it was like, way, like, way more punishment yeah, yeah and, and you uh, were frowned upon too. oh yeah like, there's no way <laughs> and uh so you're a drug dealer yeah so <laughs> they like, lock people up for that still yeah. to this day oh my and, god uh, so, um so what I would do is just, like, if I saw him and I knew I didn't have anything and I knew I hadn't done anything, like, that might... It's like, all clean, bro. Yeah. I would just run for no reason. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude. <laughs> like, I'd cut through yards and just book it. And, they, and they'd be like, what are you doing? Oh, I just felt like going for a run. <laughs> Force hey, hey, it, bro. And I'd be like, and then, and then, I need to search him. <laughs> yeah, no yeah, problem. Run my, <laughs> run my name. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, and then they, after two or three times of that, they started to catch on. Yeah, and then they not into it. Yeah, <laughs> they weren't happy. 
<laughs> I call that the gumping it because you just you're you're completely innocent and you just felt like running. Yeah, you don't stop till you want to stop. <laughs> but yeah, so then they would screw with me just because I was antagonistic with them yeah. too. But yeah, was, but how how could they get mad when their motto is "live free or die"? Oh, they got nothing. They got nothing better to do, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, they just don't. Um, it, um, and granted, there are, were also some like cool cops, and you always remember the guys that were like mellow and just did their job, and like knew you were just being a kid and hanging out. And yeah, stuff, and like we had that in uh, New Bedford, Mass. Yeah. At first, the cops were like super aggressive with us and kicking us out and giving us tickets, and the kids were rude as fuck. We were the kids, yeah. me, like. You know, it became like, but then now it's like more businesses open downtown, like the skate shops, uh, Solstice Skate Shop's been open for like 20 years, you know, and then No Problemo, a skater-owned business right on the same block opened up, and then another one, and then all these shops started opening up, and now it's like the cops see the skater skating, and there's no, like, anything, it's like yeah. how it should be, it's like transportation. Yeah. Those are people that are part of the society, you know? Like, yeah. Well, the kids also aren't as angry. They're not getting made fun of for doing something they love anymore. They're getting yeah. support, a lot more support from not Which, just, you know, the community of skateboarding, but the community that's outside of skateboarding, too. Yeah. You know, you see really quality parks popping up. Yeah, People see. putting in, you know, whole whole ton of things. Lynch and, Family Skate Park in the heart of yeah, Boston. That one always blows me away because it's next to the Boston Garden. Yeah, and you know like, how Massachusetts and Boston loves yeah. their sports and their heritage and the legacy. To build yeah. a skate park right next to that on stadium level, I'm like, that's yeah. like, it almost brought me to tears, to be honest. Yeah, it was gnarly, <laughs> dude. And uh, LES is like another good yeah. example of that. World's know? capital right there. Yeah, and it's just right in the Lower East Side, too. And it's yeah, just crazy. gnarly, like, and it flows so well, too. Like, whoever yeah. designed it, you can just find lines. And it's well used. Um, and, like, yeah. you see content of all those parks everywhere, and you can tell it's, like, just done right. It's yeah, it. yeah. And, it's, and, you know... My some like back to like more of the beginning of yeah. my memories or something, and like I got into it with like Welcome to Hell. I showed nice. got Mike Maldonado board that was like yeah. signed and stuff. Sick, and jump off the building and like yeah. All um, and that's you know that's that was like the thing, and like because there was no skate shops until Red Alert opened up, which we'll get nice. to. You, um, there was no skate shops except for Slackers in yeah. downtown Portsmouth. And that was like a snowboard skateboard shop. Yeah, yeah, but you could get decks there at least, nice. and you could, and they had like cheaper decks. Um, they had like Slackers brand decks, or basically every other deck anyway. Like so, yeah, yeah. Shop decks, yeah. so you could get those for like thirty bucks or something. Nice. Um, and you're and, rolling. Yeah, yeah, you know, and you're chilling. And uh, then they closed down, and for a while, you had we had to order them from like CCS when CCS was like actually CCS. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I ordered from CCS once and I got a complete, but what I what I did other than that was I would take their catalogs and I would cut out the board graphics. And this is when I was like little, little, but like I would make little clay skateboards and I would put the board graphic on it and like glaze it over it and then get like a toothpick and like two little things and make like little skateboards, dude. I've never done thing. that. That's kind of a cool idea. It was just like a, I just wanted to try to make like a tech deck basically before I could afford one. Oh. <laughs> just like bake the clay and like make a little skateboard. And I tried to get into the tech decks and I was like, I can't do this. It takes so much <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I should just learn how to play the piano. <laughs> yeah. 
I try. I got a pretty good tray flip on my finger fingerboard though. Oh, I could never ever do it. I I got them and then I I got rid of them as soon as I got them. I was just yeah. never like couldn't go that route, huh? I, I what just, about video games? Do you video games. I own skateboard ones. Um, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater One, and after that, I stopped playing video. Games. Did you crush that one though? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> no hesitation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. I destroyed that one. <laughs> um, <laughs> And I also liked video games when they were video games and not like nine million fucking twists in the air. And, and Tony Hawk's original one was just real basic and it was like a video game. Skate or Die was the first yeah. video game I ever played and that was on an 8-bit Nintendo. Thrash, was it Thrash or yeah. just Skate or Die? Was I just thought Nintendo. it was just Skate or Die. Yeah. And, and like, I remember that the, one. The big thing for that one was doing well on the half pipe section. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, Do you remember um, Excite Bike? No, I never played that. Oh, that one was like, I feel like that was the same genre. I got a lot of hand-me-down games, too, and stuff, and nice. like, uh, but I, um, I just, I get real busy with what I'm doing, and I've never actually gotten into, I, have, I don't even, I haven't had cable in like, six years or something. One less bill. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Even when I had cable, I didn't watch TV, you know? Like, yeah. I just, I've always, I'm always reading, or I'm, I'm usually busy either, like, doing something for work or at that point it was school like yeah you know, what we're we're deviant here but what gives yeah. you that where'd you get that from oh I that like focus and like attention and to follow a, but it's not a focus on one thing it's just yeah. like uh whatever has my attention for the moment i just do it as well as i can and then whenever i'm done i just go mm. do whatever else i want yeah i've never really been good at taking orders which is funny because i was a marine for like six years yeah that's crazy but uh no i've never been good at taking orders and i, I did get in trouble every now and then in the marines so. how, how do you get into the marines how does one um, go from being you're skating and stuff and hanging out and like living your life do yeah. you have jobs yeah yeah you know i worked a lot of you know your normal average joe jobs yeah you know just take your pick uh, it's just work you got to learn to do yeah, it well yeah um, i did a lot of carpentry so like, nice. you jesus know, did too <laughs> supposedly i don't know i you know <laughs> i've heard i've heard uh that that happened um <laughs> Jury's still out, but yeah, <laughs> it depends on who you're talking to. He could be a good example, maybe. Yeah. I don't know, um, but you know, you just do whatever job you can get to to support yourself. And, yeah, um, you know what happened was this is in like 2005. I had you know a couple friends that went over and you know died and stuff, and I was actually going to be going to friends from school or something. Yeah, just for, you know people you've met. Yeah, yeah, people I met, and they ended up dying in Iraq and. Uh, so, like, I just kind of, it was between that and college, and, you know, as much as I'll admit it, like, I probably wasn't mature enough to go to college. I knew I was smart enough, you know? Yeah. But I definitely needed to, like, get a little more mature before I spent 40 grand a year on an education, you know? Yeah, at least know what you're going to do with the knowledge yeah. that you're going to pay for. Like, well, have some direction, or yeah. at least know that you want to try something with that, at least. Yeah, and, yeah. uh... Well, honestly, it's it's just as good a lesson, even if it's a long one, at learning what you don't want to do. Yeah. That will give you just as much direction as learning what you do, Yeah, to be honest with you. I love people who will try. Because yeah. like, if you keep you trying, just, you'll figure it out. It's like learning a trick. It's like you got to um, try different approaches and find what works and do the science yeah. of it, you know? Like the, more than that is anytime you see an opportunity, even if it doesn't fit into your plan, take the opportunity. Yeah, yeah. If it's a real good one. Yeah. You know, just take it anyway. Yeah. Um, 
see what because there's a lot of things that could scare you off of it and like it might just seem like too much but give it a go yeah test yourself um (laughs) live go ahead test yourself yeah you know you just push yourself in whatever direction you feel like going it's not that you don't have one it's that you're comfortable going in whatever direction is correct let's say you have an ultimate goal of whatever it is well you know you're going to get there yeah you know like but there might be other things you got to do before you get there yeah and it's like being self-empowered like knowing that you can have dreams and thoughts and you can work towards them and make them actualize you know what i mean that's like what we all strive to do you know hopefully (laughs) yeah but like when you're young you don't know that you're kind of just like i have like all over the map like emotionally fucked up highs and lows and you just start to feel like you're drifting through life and one accident after another i've been there yeah yeah and uh sometimes you just need to level out a little bit and marine certainly did that um, so how, how but, uh, did you decide to go after losing your friends? Yeah, yeah. A couple of weeks after, I went and signed up and went to boot camp. Nice. Was, was it hard? I never imagined yeah. boot camp. Were you uh, scared or nervous? I wasn't scared just because, like, you, you have, one, you have to keep the mindset. They're not going to do anything that's going to kill you. They're yeah. trying to get you to graduate. Yeah, that makes sense. And most of it's <laughs> head games. You know, most Psychological. Of it's, yeah, it's yeah. just if you can keep a level head, you'll do all right. Um... They want to, like, eliminate people that all freak out under pressure, kind of? No, they'll make you get through it. If you don't give up, they're not going to let you give up. Yeah, yeah. And I've seen people try to, you know, give up or whatever. But uh, more earlier to that, we had slackers. And then when I was, I think, a freshman or a sophomore in high school, and I was starting to get a little bit better at skateboarding, Dover it opened up. And then Red Alert opened up. And the original owner, I think, was, uh, his name was Andy Wallace. Nice. He's a history teacher now at Winnicott. Sick. Um, and then his friend Mark bought it, and then someone else bought it after Mark moved, Mark had moved Red Alert to the current building it's at. Yeah. And I think they're actually Red Alert's moving to Rochester now. Really? Something. Yeah. They huh. got like apparently they got like zoning approved for like a bigger space or whatever. Oh, right. And like one without pillars in the middle of it. Yeah, I was just talking about Red Alert um, yesterday because I've been going, uh, trying to go once a week or maybe twice a week if I can to skate shops. Mm-hmm. Like in my area, I wanted to go like, and I bring like some of the team riders for All I Need in World. And we just yeah. go and like do a, a shop stop, stop in, say what up to the homie. Like we just went to Max Hesh in Boston or Somerville, saw my buddy Todd, hung out. Mm-hmm. We skated at our local little park right nearby. We filmed the whole thing. Like it's been super fun. And I was just talking about Red Alert. I was like, I want to go skate their spot. And that's what they made. They made great use of that space with all the pillars yeah. and everything. It was super fun, dude. Yeah, it's and, crazy. And when they reworked it, it was much um, like it was much more skatable overall. Yeah, just because it was a little easier. A lot of the stuff that was in there before they redid it. Yeah, was pretty gnarly. Yeah, like, yeah. It was. <laughs> it was, but it was a challenge. And like, I mean. If you're going to pay money to go to a skate park, do you want everything to be easy or do you want to have a spot to, like, really challenge yourself? Yeah, they had a lot of, like, nooks and crannies that were yeah. hard to skate that you could, like, spend hours on for yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. That yeah. mini ramp was sick. We filmed the whole edit on a lot of that stuff, and then I saw they switched it up, and I don't think we yeah. were there. And so. I was talking to Ralph after he built it, and yeah. I had gone to, a, you know, I had talked to him. I go, you like, because every ramp in there was just had this sort of almost... Uh, if you ever skate a bowl, it, like, even on the four-footer, it would go, and then it would just, like, shoot just right up. Shoot right up. <laughs> hey, you like that shit steep, don't you? He goes, yeah. <laughs> of so, like, it was just so much more difficult than a normal four. Like, 
you'll see it and you'll be like, why is that person only doing this trick? Like, that's a four-footer. You should be able to do whatever you want. I'm like, nah, he made it. It was built janky. Yeah, like, he made <laughs> You're gonna it. You're going to have to just, work for yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> so, My like, friend Jay did that for a long time. He'd build, like, DIY spots, and he's like, I don't want to build them perfect because... You got, you're gonna like, it's gotta challenge you, you know? Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, that's what you're doing, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, and so Ralph, Ralph had a, had a lot of fun with like building like, what's good though is he never built anything that he couldn't tear up on a board. Yeah. Or that anybody with any decent amount of skill couldn't tear up. They could, they could definitely shred it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's so good. <laughs> you'd see this kid, um, I'd probably say one of the, some of the best sessions I saw were when this kid Tate would go skate. Tate's amazing. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. It starts with a K, though. Kokubo? That sounds about right. I've never been able... um, He's been been coming to the New England AM, the contest out there, the last three years. I think he's been there with uh, his skate shop team at that time. Yeah. And this kid Corey there is also really, really good. Hell yeah. Um, But Tate skating a bowl, like, just... He goes so high... One cool thing, and I was talking to Ralph, and he had mentioned that you remember how Mike Valley um, in Tampa did that foot plant, and it took him like a million tries or whatever. But nailed it. Yeah. Tate, Tate did it in like three tries, apparently, or something. Not like really. Like, <laughs> There's some progression. <laughs> and I was just like, and, and he goes high too. Like he'll, yeah. he'll like pop like four or five feet out of a bowl to do a foot plant on a wall. It's not really. Like, and he was only, I think, like 13 or 14 when you see him skate, and he skates well beyond his years. I've know? seen him since he was like a little kid until now. I've seen a lot of kids like that because the skate park I live near, the yeah. the edge where we'll do our lesson, yeah. it, it uh he they all start there because it's the indoor spot that we all live near and i see him as little kids and then i see him hit puberty and become men and then they're skating just as like they're like fucking insane how good they yeah. are like you're saying about tate like it's like wow and i remember yeah. when you know he's like fucking little you know yeah and, and kids now do like when i was when i grew up skating i hated transition I hated transitions. You had a grudge. Yeah, I did. I had a grudge. And and honestly, I didn't have a lot of access to be able to practice it either. Yeah. But I, I just felt like if I was going to do street skating, I wanted it to be street spots. I, and I was like so much more of a purist. And, like, and I was just like, no. I won't even do it. You put me near a ramp. I hit like a nice hip. It'd be fine. I can't say I haven't. I haven't felt that way at one point in my life. I've yeah, felt that way. Yeah. You know, and I was like hardcore. I still like can't stand longboarding. I'm not gonna lie. It's kind of bad. It just there's something about it. It's always got me like just. I've felt that way at one time because um, it's hard to it's hard to share what is yours. You know, it's like hard because you we forge our own skate lives. You know what I mean? Well, it's there's like, that, and then you'll be talking to someone. You'll be talking about how like he's a skater and he was like ripping this spot, and I was like, "What is it?" And I go, "Oh, he's this wicked steep hill." And I'm like, "What is it?" I'm trying to be like skate. Like, oh, fun. A hill. That's too funny. <laughs> You're in New Hampshire too, because there's a, like yeah. a lot of like mix over from nature and like people hike yeah. and mountain climb and like you got all that stuff in New yeah, Hampshire. Yeah, but like to me, a skater is be it vert, transition, park, bulls, whatever have you. You're still skating, and it takes like yeah. far more skill than riding down a hill. I'm yeah. really sorry, like. You're, to me, it's almost a degradation of the amount of work that I see people put in that actually skateboarding and yeah. calling, like, make their lives as skateboarders. Yeah. That's, 
that's that's a life choice for most people who skateboard as opposed to like someone who longboards where they're not really attached to it for the most yeah and that's that's where that comes from because it's like you know but then the only thing about that is it's like you know it's got to be skateboarding is just transportation at the at the simplest it's wood and four wheels so it's for anything really whoever wants to apply to it you know there's a counterbalance to all of it there should be a blending of the two yeah i don't necessarily say that to people who say that to me certainly like (laughs) certainly it's certainly right up in my dome going on i'm like yeah it's hard when you like, because when you really learn all these tricks and you apply your time and effort and you know what it takes, you know the perseverance and the, you know the thought patterns it takes, yeah. like, to keep learning and trying not to give up and like, you know everything it takes, so... And how much you get hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right. then it's like, you want to safeguard that, you know, and it's almost like when you see a different version that's like kind of kooky or out there and they're not doing, applying as much, you know, yeah. that, that's where that could come from. For well, sure. and it's also a little bit of letdown because someone's like talking about a really cool spot and you're like, all right, tell me, <laughs> tell me. <laughs> they're like, it's a hill. And I was like, oh, fuck. I live in New Hampshire. <laughs> I got two hills. I've on this like three times, maybe one switch. Yeah. I'll take a slam and I'm going home. Yeah. Like, Okay. <laughs> I went power slide a couple times and it, have to get new wheels. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, thanks. <laughs> I'll say this. The one time I like a... Well, not the one time. I like a hill bomb if it's in the in the beginning or the middle or even the end of a session. Of a whole day. Yeah. It's then you like get the hill bomb, you go skate good. like four spots, and yeah. you still have fun. Everyone gets to have, skate together for well, more than a, a hill bomb. hill bomb will get your juices going. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, like when you're tired, it'll wick you up a little bit. So yeah. you can go do whatever else you need to do now that you're done. You know? Yeah. Like, and, and honestly, there's this hill, and when I first moved here, uh, yeah, a year and a half ago, I actually took, um, if you go, and this is in the traffic, this is fucking stupid. Nice. But, um, <laughs> uh, Camp Street, so if you go down Camp Street, there's a hill right here, and you get going, and I took a right down into North Main from, like, Camp Street. Yeah. One of, the, one of the hills off of Camp Street. All you people who live in Providence. <laughs> and I went right down into North Main, and, and it's just that I was able to, like, I, w- I could have hopped off or power slid. I would have just eaten shit if I knew the light wasn't going to turn, but yeah. it just, I got lucky with the light turning the way it did. Nailed it. And got there. How long is that ride? It's pretty long. Ah, uh, yeah. It was. Yeah, I definitely got speed wobbles. Like, yes. Um, I've never been really good at power sliding, so I've always had to get good at like pushing through speed wobbles instead. <laughs> just sack up and go yeah. for it. And slam or make. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You just really, really push it, and it's the turns that help out. Um, and also, like, if you know how to use wheel bite, that'll help you out a little bit too. Yeah. You know? Like, especially if you're like getting towards the end of the hill, and you kind of just use a little bit of extra heel to like do that and that, it out a little yeah, yeah. that kind of comes from snowboarding a little bit more than it does from skateboarding you can snowboard yeah yeah nice. I actually could snowboard but then I could skate really it was I live 10 minutes from Gunstock so I could Damn. go do that and have like a halfway decent mountain to ride every night can you do like jumps and tricks yeah, and- yeah I went out to Alaska too and that what? was kind of cool yeah I didn't tell my mom I had gotten home from Iraq and like two days later I, I spent like three grand and went to Alaska for a couple days <laughs> I'm out I'm out <laughs> <laughs> did you have a homie up there or no like- it's just they had helo rides Oh, okay. So, like, you do, like, a helo trip. And I had done... Wait, no, explain helo trip to me. I don't know. I think, like, uh, anybody that you see on a snowboard film, but, like, there, um, 
you're not getting filmed unless you pay like an extra two grand. Oh, okay, okay. So that you uh, you fly out to Alaska and then you take another either plane. The, this it was clear enough to drive, so they came and picked me up. And nice. Went to the lodges in the Valdez Mountains, and nice. uh, I don't know if they're still around, but you know it was just some it was just a Hilo company that would have guides and. You know, you just bring your board. And nice. How long were you there for? Uh, two days. You nice. get two runs each day. At that time, you got two runs each day. And, like, what they do is they just drop you on top of a peak that you want. And nice. then you just ride down. You so, get to pick out a peak? Are they all, like, um, safe? Or is it just, like, No. Well, there's a shitload of avalanche. I mean, this is heavy. Oh, my God. Um, so, like, <laughs> that's a nightmare. Set, well, that's why they guarantee you, like, two runs. But they have people out there all the time testing the snowpack and, like, you know, checking like conditions. That's someone's job. Yeah, thank God. I guarantee you, they got people <laughs> going around out there, and uh, they also like you know, it's an avalanche-prone area, so sometimes they'll actually like shoot off a cannon to like cause avalanches. Oh to, yeah. To if it gets too unsafe or the snowpack's too messed up, they'll actually cause avalanches and certain things. That's safe. But this is like really remote too. So like yeah. they, there's just someone watching in a helicopter making sure you don't die and you just get... It's like, um, um, okay, he's dead. Yeah. We're going to fly away now. Well, you have a guide. You have a guide with you and you have beacons and you know, yeah. you have all the safety stuff and I had to get a new board because it like... Can you, would, sorry to cut you off, but yeah. can you imagine be, being buried under like 15 feet of snow for even an hour? Could you do it an hour or you'd be dead? Would it crush uh, you? It depends on what you have with you. Yeah. There's, like, back in the day, like, at that point, a, a, a thing had just come out from Europe, and I bought it because I had nice. extra money. <laughs> um, and I never had to find out if it worked. Yeah. But I got it for Tuckerman's Ravine, because I used to do Tuckerman's Ravine, like, once a year. And That's I'd go a, up there religiously. Where's that? That's in Mount Washington. It's okay. It's on Mount Washington. Yeah. But, like... Is the face still on Mount Washington? Uh, well, if you, if you, like, Google, like, timefortuckerman.com... It's basically like people come from all over the world to snowboard on this spot on Mount Washington. It's a four-hour hike. Time for Tuckerman. Or Tucker. Tucker. T U C K E R. T U C. Oh yeah, it makes more. That should pop up, right? Time for Tucker. Damn. Uh, you got to put M A N. Look at I wrote it like a hashtag too. There you go. You saw it. Suggested website. We'll try that one. I'm not a Googleologist. Yeah. So. Oh, this is it. Yeah. All right. Oh, all right. Where do we go? Uh. There's a forum. Uh, right down there. Nice. Ski routes. Whoa! Gnarly. Look at so, that whole hill. These are the different routes, and this is like a bowl of Mount Washington. It's like a, you know, in some spots, it's a you know, a 70, 80 degree face. Yeah, it's the full side of for the people listening. So, it's the full side of the mountain, basically yeah. carved out like a quarter pipe. Yeah. So you know, the first time I went there, I did this route, and that wasn't so bad. Um, I did the number five or six or one of the. Nope. How long does it take you to get down that? Um, not very long, depending it's on the fast. conditions. It's steep. Um, it depends on when you go to, because a lot, like, snowboarding, that'll get hacked up a lot more by skiers, by, like, so you gotta go earlier when it's a little bit more dangerous for, like, an avalanche. Yeah. But if you don't, it's a much tougher ride, you know, down, simply because skiers will hack it up, like. Yeah. Because their skis, it chops it Yeah, and you get a lot of skiers that'll go up there to say they, like, rode it, but then what they'll do is they'll, like, go two feet and stop. 
yeah. and then like just plow the mountain. Oh, I see. So then you're going down like speed bumps because you're yeah. like pushing snow yeah, up awkwardly and shit. Yeah, they'll make moguls or like units <laughs> and shit like that. But it's not as smooth of a ride. So uh, yeah, I had done that three or four times. And you're gnarly, my friend. Um, and then I, you know, when I got home from Iraq, I mean, it wasn't. I had a pretty decent tolerance for adrenaline at that point, and I had the money, so I went out to Alaska. And that was like a heck of a lot of fun, man. But yeah. it was way too expensive. I, anybody listening, I'd recommend going to Silverton, Colorado. That's the spot. They do helicopter. Weed's legal. <laughs> That's yeah. That's why. <laughs> and they do helicopter runs. At the time, they were like 150 a run with no limit on how many you can get through in a day. So uh-huh. if you had the money, it's way cheaper to fly out to Colorado and do it than to fly out to Alaska and do it. Yeah. But, and... It's, like, just a really chill place. Um, I never got to go, like, actually on Hilo runs. I just knew it was there, and I was really yeah. bummed I couldn't <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, so, and, you know, when you're in, you know, I had to stop skating for a while because I wasn't, you know, like, let's say you're on active duty or something, and you can't really skate on base. Like, you'll have yeah. someone run out and yell at you so fast to stop because you'll get injured and then you won't yeah. be able to train. Did you Did you so, consider it, though? Were there I'd, times where, like, maybe I could? You know, like, I'd go home, I'd get home or, like, when I, you know, I'd get home or I'd do, like, a, a, a kickflip or something just to make sure I still had it. Yeah, nice. You know, and, uh, but, you know, after I reacted, like, you know, I had a lot of concussions there. and You know, I tried to snowboard and I started getting concussion snowboarding and skateboarding again, and that compounded with all the ones I got overseas. And it just, I can imagine, yeah. And, like, I had to stop for a while. What were the concussions, and how are you getting concussions when you're in Iraq? Uh, you have, like, IEDs that'll go off near you or next Which to is you. a bomb. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's an improvised explosive device. It's is it thrown like a, or buried or what? Yeah, it's usually, like, buried in trash so you can't see it, and you'll drive by, and it'll just go off on one So people are putting these out there, yeah, anticipating like Al-Qaeda. Oc- occupying yeah, force. Yeah, it was yeah. Al-Qaeda. It was in this city called Fallujah. Yeah. So it was, like, a real gnarly place. You heard about that Blackwater dude, like, getting, like, dragged through the streets and shit like that. Yeah, I've heard. I yeah. walked across the bridge that he got hung on. Gnarly. Um, and, it, like, and it's not, like, a good memory. You, you know, it's one of those things where you're, like... It's just a reality of life that you're like, fuck. No, it's not that it was a good memory, but it really, like, when that happened, it, it gave you a sense of how real what you're doing is. Like, yeah. sometimes when you're doing stuff like that, you, you don't really, every day blends into it and you don't really have a sense of place, Yeah, I guess it would be. And it's not a good sense of place, like, but it was just... A, it was a certain amount of respect and reverence for what had happened to uh, in another American, you know. Yeah, not really. Um, so that you know, and you're walking in like the Tigris and the Euphrates River. Yeah. Too. So these are like biblical rivers that yeah. were like you know the cradle of civilization is is actually Iraq and yeah. Saudi Arabia and Jerusalem. Yeah, and, it's the know. beginning, supposedly. Yeah, like, like, the townies I've heard them referred to or something of the world. Like, <laughs> Yeah, and those people in that culture has been there forever, no matter what. Um, technically, if you're going by evolution, um, uh, Neanderthals, the predecessor to Homo erectus and the yeah. anatomically modern human, um, now I'm getting nerdy, bro. Please do. <laughs> 
um, <laughs> that originated in Africa and and spread out through there. And Wasn't everything supposedly one at, at in the beginning as well? Like all the continents separated? Oh uh, yeah, so you're talking about Pangaea. Yeah. Okay. So, but that that was billions of years before um, human evolution. That was when it was only Africa. Yeah, when it was, it was just, just the basically, wild. Yeah. So <laughs> there's actually this. I went to this concert on Rye Airfield when I was in high school with this band called Thursday. No, it's and, there's an, and there's another band called Breaking Pangaea. Oh no shit. Know. Um, but um, before I di- before I diverted you there well we get we're getting nerdy either right oh i lost my oh god damn it i, I do that oh, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> that was my fault we oh. got the world connected <laughs> oh that but anyway we're talking about iraq and the cradle of civil yeah, civilization so and you have a sense of history and like but you know again uh you know it's a it's a crazy thing to to do that um, to be aware of all of that, are there people yeah. in there are people in the army that aren't aware of that or just uh, serving? Well, I'm not sure about the army. Or I'm uh, sorry, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I I know Marines. Certain, Marines, I'm Marines sorry. certainly like know their history. They do, okay. and uh, especially Marine Corps history, and they certainly knew what went on in Fallujah. What's the separation? I mean, Marines and Army, and like, what's all the sea and land? Uh, well... Is there different training? Is, oh, it's gotta yeah. be just because... The Marine Corps is certainly harder. I, 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 apparently, as I understand, it's regarded as the most difficult boot camp that anyone can go through. Really? Yeah. Huh, not By really. far. <laughs> Good um, for you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, uh, it's... You don't... Again, you don't go there expecting to have a lot of fun. Yeah. Um... I boxed when I was younger. Yeah. I did that. I had to be disciplined, and I've been in a few boxing matches, which was mm-hmm. kind of scary, and, like, I did that. But I've never done, like, a strongman test or, like, a boot camp or, like, anything like that, besides yeah. skating, obviously, most of my life. Yeah, I'm not really sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I just, you know, a lot of people, just because I do kind of have a little authority issue, Yeah. like, didn't think I'd make it through boot camp, and, you know, I scored well. And you like the challenge? No, I didn't really like it. I just knew the easiest way to get off the island, nice. Paris Island, was to graduate. <laughs> the fastest way you're going to get off that island is if you just fucking buck up and graduate. Wow, no shit. Because out-processing ta- can take like six months. No shit. So even if you give up, you're stuck on base for six months while they process your paperwork. That's one way to do and it. And you treat it like shit the whole time. Gnarly. So... You just were like, fuck that. Yeah, yeah. I just did it. Not, and it also had to do with, you know, you made a commitment. And yeah. And that sort of thing. And uh, so I graduated, and within like six months of me graduating, I was shipping off to Iraq. Like boot camp or something. Do like you have that. a choice in the matter? You just get your orders and you go. And you're on board. Yeah. yeah. So I, you were on board from the beginning. You made the decision to do it? Yeah, I went I went to boot camp in 2004. Okay. Um, you knew is, something was Iraqi then? <laughs> yeah, like we invaded Iraq the year before, and the first, first push of Fallujah happened when I went to boot camp Um, but that's you know certainly helped me mature into college and uh, but it also diverted me away from like skateboarding much very much so you know yeah I I never paid attention to any of it because I was just like skating 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 politics any of the wars all that stuff plus like 
yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I just I was the boy. I, I was like the opposite. I think. Yeah. <laughs> when I came home from Iraq, I knew I didn't want to be a marine anymore. You know, like, yeah. I knew I just wanted to go to college. Like I was reading philosophy books on rooftops when yeah. I had time off. Like in the well, middle, nice. you'd hear like uh, call to prayer. Like I was no, I was on rooftops that were in the middle of the city in a war zone, no, and no, I no, just no, had no, like no. <laughs> it wasn't nice. Um, but I knew I was really out of place when I was reading these. I was having fun reading books that were difficult. Yeah. You know, philosophy is kind of difficult for some people. You know, for sure, for sure. Um, and uh, but I would have fun reading them, and I knew I was really out of place because most people were like talking about like whatever you would think macho guys would talk about. It's an extension of school. Yeah, it's a lot of you know your your average jock stuff or yeah. something, and I never really cared about yeah. that. Like I didn't, I didn't feel like I had anything to prove to anyone. I was just doing me and. Yeah, I people. feel that I felt that way as well. Yeah, like school in school, anyways, I felt that way. I was like, I never wanted to like compete with these people or be in confrontation. Or yeah, or people and people like expect you to prove shit to them, even though you don't owe them anything. Yeah, you. that's like, a weird especially one. in like social sessions or like in workplaces or something like that. They yeah. always expect you to to try and impress them. You know, people yeah. want to show instead of just like where me, I just do me. You know, like yeah. I'm gonna go get my coffee over here, but... Yeah, please do. <laughs> yeah, to me, it's all work, though. No one escapes work. That's all I talk about. <laughs> when it comes to, like, workplace settings, it's like, even when you get what you want, you're gonna have to work at it. Yeah. You know what I mean? The lottery yeah. syndrome, where people just want to win the lottery, and they don't want to, like... And, and when, when it comes with skateboarding or brewing or anything you love doing... You're turning your hobby into a job. You gotta be prepared to deal with that a it's little a, bit, you know? Yeah, one hundred percent. Come here, buddy. Come on. Moose, come on. This dog is so big. He's so cool. Great Danes are so sick. Yeah, he's my buddy. <laughs> They're so cool, man. He must eat a lot. Yeah, they go through like one of those buckets of food. It's a four, about forty pounds of food a week between the two of them. Dang, where's the other one? Uh, she went to Boston with my girlfriend. My girlfriend works uh, in Boston. Nice, sick. So she went for the ride? Yeah, yeah, she just hangs out with her at work. She'll, like, sleep on the couch or do whatever. She hasn't gotten out of the house in a while, and Moose, like, she had energy, and Moose was, like, is, like, pretty mellow today, you know? And normally yeah. he's, like... Yeah, hyped. Yeah, <laughs> bouncing. He loves life, you know? Yeah, oh, you were telling like, me about that when I talked to you earlier. Like, yeah, he's kind of feeling, like, melancholy. Yeah, um, and he doesn't do well with heat too, so it gets above 75, 80, and he just wants to like, yeah, chill. Yeah, I get it. It's funny, my two dogs, I had Elwood, the miniature long haired dachshund I was telling you about. <laughs> He's the man, so my sister. Is that after the clothing company, Elwood? No, that's my father's name. Oh, cool. Yeah, All right. and uh, I always wanted to ride for that clothing company because it was my father's name, and like. You know, I lost my father when I was, like, 13. So, to me, I was like, dude, it's just, like, a perfect fit. Like, yeah. I should, you know? But, um... I always thought they had really comfy clothes. Yeah, I always liked the design yeah. and the, everything. The comfort it, it of the clothes. It was Yeah. Know, it was actually, like, a good skate Done style. super well. I enjoyed yeah. it. And they had a good, like, team selection. Whoever was doing it was on the right path, for sure. And, uh... Yeah, but I just named my dog after my father. I was like, yeah, it's like, Elwood, such a cool name. And then we got Emma too, but they have different personalities. It's so funny. Like, Elwood's like on the walks, he's going super slow, and Emma's pulling, so it's complete opposites, you know? But. Maggie's a bitch. 
Yeah. That's my other one. She's a straight up bitch. She wants to have. (laughs) She'll let you know when she wants to go to sleep because she'll just lay on top of you. Yeah. And she won't give you like a choice. (laughs) She'll just. (laughs) I sat down on the couch today. She literally like hopped up on the couch and just slammed herself on top of me. You have to commit like at least 20 minutes to half an hour of just sitting in one spot. They're so big and they don't realize that they're just these giant things because they're such big like (laughs) lap dogs. Um, That's sick. But Moose is a goofball and he'll like go to the brew house with me and stuff like that. Um, You know, but you'll see him like sneak like spent grains. Like he'll eat like some grains. Oh yeah, you can make dog treats out of them. No shit. Yeah. I knew nothing about this. Yeah. That's sick. But they'll just pop some off like little nibbles. (laughs) Yeah, you'll see. Well, it's like. Three or four hundred pounds of grain, so it's like seven or eight of those grain bags that I showed you. Yeah. All at once, and it's all the stuff we're not using, but it's still got like 80% of its nutritional value. Wow. So I actually donate them, those grains to this thing called the Heifer Project that sets up like sustainable farms around the world. Nice. For like adverse communities so they can have a business. And that seems like a good thing stuff. to uh, aim for and to make a profit and like help and give back and like... Well, I actually don't sell it to them. I just give it right to them. Yeah, worth investing in, I guess. Yeah, I, mean. I think it's a worthwhile endeavor, you know, yeah. and it feeds a lot of their a lot of their livestock there. So, yeah. you know, it's a pretty good thing. See, it's in a lot of money so they don't have to like blow that on feed, you know. Yeah. Because feed gets expensive for, you know, a big farm. Yeah, and it's a worthy cause, definitely, to invest in. People can be self-sustainable and maybe sick. <laughs> um, I was going to ask you, so this is probably a good segue to get into what you're doing nowadays. Yeah. So, but be- I guess before we go into that, I just want to go back to Iraq because... That's where you said you were Fallujah, yeah, right? Yeah. It seems like such a gnarly fucking thing to me. <laughs> like you're in war, there's yeah. bullets, like you see any gnarliness, like I don't want to if yeah, you don't yeah. well, you know It you seems see, insane to me. Like Um it you know, it wasn't um we had eleven Marines uh that, that died. Gnarly. I believe it was eleven. How many people were there at that time? Um, in Fallujah, well what you have you have different layers of people. So we had like you have detachments for things. So we had, like, I'd say, because you have Camp Fallujah outside the city, which housed, like, a whole bunch of, like, Patriot missiles and other stuff. And then you had, like, Camp Baharia. Okay. And what you did is you basically did all your major patrols in the city. You had all the entry checkpoints. You handled those. And you liaison with, you know, the local sheiks and clerics and stuff. Um, so it's basically you've set up camp you in the run city. the whole city. So yeah. you have like a base inside the city and then you get one on each side of it and then all the entry control points. And So there's there's about 800 to 1,200 people doing that. Yeah. And then... You Are know, you guys sweeping through the city and making sure that... Um, well, you know, honestly, like I, I was a Lance Corporal, so I, I did a lot of patrols. So you drive around the city or you do logistics runs and drop supplies off and you'll do snap checkpoints to so do like vehicle checkpoints and search people or you'll have an op it's whatever you're told to do that day but you're pretty much going into the city every day and driving around right? what do you what are your what are your um checklists like what are you looking for oh checkpoints well just like when you check someone if you rolled up on someone like is it like a cop in america where they're like looking for certain oh, things no. or like well you're looking you have a list you know you have a target list too so you're you of know, people of people yeah so, you know, you have that sort of list, and then you have, like, different tiers of, like, 
in most of those big guys, it's not, you know, Lance Corporal that's going after him. It's like Navy SEALs that are going after yeah. this high-ranking guy because that's what they do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not really. <laughs> That's not it. <laughs> Basically, you know, half the time you're just driving around the city looking for trouble. I did QRF, so you would be on, like, you'd be doing logistical runs, and then, like, if someone started getting lit up, you'd go to wherever there was trouble, and you'd kind of, like, deal with it. Not really. Um, and you're in, like, a uniform and everything? Yeah, no, you're wearing, like, 60 to 80 pounds of gear, and, not you know, really. it's 130 degrees, but you're wearing all this gear, and you got long sleeves and long pants. And Are you just drenched in sweat the whole time? Yeah, yeah. Like constant it evaporates blood. off you pretty fast. Like <laughs> you mostly like... get like salt stains. That's where the term salty comes from. You're like, yeah. oh, that dude's salty. What happens is like in war, sometimes you won't shower for days on end, and you'll sweat a lot. So your your pants will actually become stained with salt yeah. until you wash them, and that's where the term salty comes happens from. in skating too. When you just don't change your pants, I know people yeah. that have done that. I've done that, but <laughs> yeah, you get salty, and that's Crusty that's salty. that's where the term comes from. Is actually you know yeah just being like super salty, yeah, literally <laughs> salty. Um, but you know. Um, I had more respect, you know, a lot of people were doing a lot more than I was, so, you know, I'm not, I was just your average, average guy. Yeah, know? but me like, compared to you, there's light, there's a jump between the us, I've never been in a situation yeah, like that in my life. I've never gone on a fucking road trip across the country and got to skate at a ton of shit, and uh, got yeah. to, like, do that, and that's... Yeah, true, true. You, you get what I'm saying? There, yeah. There's so much, I find so much value in it, whatever experience you have, if you're able to actually open your mind up to try to find the value in what you've done. Yeah. Not necessarily like sit there and have like the sort of grass is greener attitude. Yeah. But more have the attitude, what can I get out of this? Yeah. Regardless of whatever you're doing there, you can find an advantage or you can find some sort of something that'll help you down the road if you look hard enough. Because if you're planning for long term, then you can definitely, the pennies will add up, you know, because you can find them and you can work towards it. And it'll, if you're in it for a long haul, you're going to you're gonna move pavement after a while. You're yeah. going to be running, and, you know? You know, the Marine Corps will certainly teach you, like, uh, the, how, to, how to find the advantage in a situation, too. Because yeah. oftentimes you're, you're doing that. But, uh, you know, again, I'll repeat, I didn't do anything. You know, I just did patrols and yeah. like, checkpoints and, you know, all this stuff. Any... Thousands of Marines have done before. You know? Well, here's this though. Do you um, had a gun on you? All the time, yeah. Yeah. See, what kind of gun? I sometimes I'd have a pistol. Um, if I was like, sometimes I'd have a shotgun. They had these semi-automatic Beretta shotguns. Oh, you could right. pop like nine shots off on it once or something, or eight shots. Right. It was pretty cool. And yeah. there was like no recoil, so you could just. It was like a fifty cut. Um, most of the time, I have an M16. Not really. Um, but it would be dependent on what you're doing. Sometimes you're in a turret, so you'd be using that weapon, and that would be anything from a 50 cal to, you know, a, a smaller machine gun. Not really. You get to shoot a ton of stuff. That's fun. Blowing you do. Shit, blowing shit up is all. What are you shooting? Targets like. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, uh, so, well, if you get, um, if you get, if you can see your target, if you like, you're in a war zone, you're gonna shoot people. But yeah, you know, most of the shooting gets done well before really. you're actually there because um, you're training a lot you're going through thousands of rounds really. you know and you're you're literally hopefully you never get put in that position but they don't put 
you know, they don't generally, will, will, they're not going to send a Marine infantry unit somewhere where there's going to be, like, nothing going on. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, yeah. they'll send the army for that. Okay, yeah. Um, right. Like, army's kind of typically more of an occupational force. Yeah. And, you know, Marines are sent to kind of... Specialize. Like, they have, like, a little... Their combat unit. Yeah. And, and, and army has combat infantry units and 75th Rangers and, you know, are real, real good guys. Um, my friend Greg actually uh, just graduated ranger school or whatever. And how, how long were you in it? How I long was, did you stay? I was in Marine for six years, and I did, like, three active and three reserve. Do you... I, this is something I've heard in the past on other podcasts and stuff, is, like, people miss it. Do you ever miss it? Fuck no. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, there's certain people where it's, like, really good for me, but it was just as good for me to get out. And I, you know, yeah. the last year I, I was in the Marines, I knew I was getting out. I knew I wasn't getting deployed again, but I still had to go do all this, do, do all this training anyway. And I thought it was just a waste of money and it was asinine to waste this on me. Yeah. So it was getting out. Like, I knew I was getting out. I knew I wasn't getting deployed. And you're still making me go to, like, mountain warfare school. Jeez. You know, yeah. you're spending, like fucking a month without a shower on top of like a 9,000 foot peak Jesus Christ and you're just like training every day getting salty as fuck yeah <laughs> and because the, it's like protected land you're not even allowed to build like a makeshift shower or whatever so Jesus it was just annoying annoying <laughs> to say the least <laughs> like, you was the best thing about that cause oh, like man. you're like it's in Yosemite National Park and they just fly you like way inaccessible places and they no, just no. drop you there yeah it's when you see um, something like that it's like in awe you're like oh yeah. surreal yeah and you see a beautiful landscape that's like mine mountain yeah and you're like we were in between like two peaks and we had like a few hours off so i hiked a couple of them nice and uh i got i don't know where my phone went but i got this shot there's this helicopter flying through the valley like doing a training op yeah and I had my friend hold the back of my shirt, and I leaned over the peak and caught a picture of the top of the helicopter. Oh shit! And you have that somewhere? That's somewhere. Man. After we're all <laughs> <I'm interested. laughs> I have no clue where it is, and I've moved like seven times. So, right. like, um, you're but, crazy for doing that. Oh no, no. <laughs> Worth it though. Like, like, <laughs> you, you you get used to it just because the you know you trust someone that much, and it's not. It's not like a thing. Um, plus, uh, you get a lot of experience. Even if you're a clerk or even if you're something, you're still jumping off helicopters. You're still learning how to do all that basic rifleman stuff. Really? Sick. So, like, I can guarantee you any admin guy or any guy that does paperwork in the Marines is just as effective, if not more effective, than your average infantry guy in the Army. No shit. Sick. Yeah. <laughs> I'm willing to bet any amount of money. I believe it. Um, I wanted to say, like, how do you, you... You make that decision. You're leaving. You're gone. You're going back. Like, what's, what's your move? Like, how do you re go back into living, like, a different life after six years of just, like... I, well, it's a, it's a process, you know? Yeah. Um, I just... Well, with anything, you just got to decide to do it. Yeah. And you're going to make mistakes, and you're going to have... But it feel, did it feel like you were starting at the bottom? I guess you had some money, though, right? No, not really. No? Um, <laughs> Damn. <laughs> well, um, That's what I would worry about. The, like, It wasn't so much the Marines' attitude that I have. It was that like, when I got to school, I was 24, turning 25. Yeah. And I had a whole bunch of life experience in front of me. And it would, took ye two or three years for me to realize I was dealing with people that were like, 
18 and 19 and had no clue what they wanted. And it's no offense to like 18 and 19 year olds, but sorry guys, you you don't have a fucking clue. Well, yeah, because you, you have know? to try shit out and it takes time to try shit yeah, out. Yeah, and you, know you just need that life experience, whatever it is. Everyone's going to have a different one, but, yeah. you know, and, I, and I'm 31 now and I can tell you without a doubt, the only thing I really know is that I don't know a fucking thing. You know, like, that I, just I can agree. <laughs> like, I'm very sure I don't know anything. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, Humility is a good skill to have. Like, yeah, at least can, to like understand. I what I know is like, I can argue a point pretty well. Yeah. And I can use facts, but it doesn't mean that I actually know it. Yeah. You know, it's only more likely that I do know it than that I don't. Yeah. It's hard because right when you think you have it figured out, that's when it kicks you in your teeth. Yeah. And you're like, wait, I didn't really, I got too rigid or something. Yeah. Like, or you, God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Again? So, and that'll just keep happening to you forever, guys. Um, but it's not necessarily a bad thing, you know, and as long as you can kind of roll, roll with the punches, you know, well, find, like, that, find that advantage in that lesson, be it good or bad, then... Yeah, move with it. Life yeah. moves. Like, you gotta be flexible. You can't... Pull, like, we're seeing this now. <coughs> we're seeing this nowadays with, like, all the media and stuff and people talking, like, just like, um... People are really realizing their ideas were wrong, you know? Like, a lot of people are starting to try to figure it out and change direction. There's a lot of communication going on about ideas and beliefs. Unfortunately, it's so muddied that people are just attacking each other to the point where you can't tell, like, what's true anymore, which is, like, sad to me in America. Yeah, that, and it's also hard to have a logical discussion with someone, because as soon as, like, you kind of, like, disagree with them and you're able to, like, be calm about it and, like, prove them wrong, yeah, they'll just get off topic and start, like, calling you names or something just because you're, like, well, you know, this is kind of like this. Yeah. I'm like, no, it's not. And you're like, well, <laughs> but it kind of is. It's like some of those discussions, they take like ongoing conversation. You know what I mean? So like to, to start calling each other a name, you already closed the conversation. Yeah. It ends dialogue and then you're fucked, yes. you know? like. And sometimes you got to like table things because some people get really heated about specific issues or whatever have you. Yeah. And like... I I don't have a lot of skin in the game. I'll just argue with you to argue, you know? Yeah. I'll just, like, have a discussion with you. And my opinion is my opinion. It's not biased. It's based on logic. And yes. If you don't like it, then oh well, and that's all right, too. And Were you ever religious? Uh, I was... Grew up. Kind of. My parents... I've never... It's not that I don't believe... I've never been truly religious. I've never been able to, like subscribe and be like yeah this is it yeah well it's just <coughs> i'm not i i would certainly say that i'm not saying there isn't like a god or at least to me there i still can't get around something being created from nothing yeah that's trippy to think about it's you shut know, that one like that's moment. yeah well <laughs> but aside from that like you can't tell me that some random dude two thousand years ago came down and yeah. Got hung on a cross and saved everyone, you know? Yeah. Or, or any other, for any religion for that matter, like, there's just, and there's just so many logical holes and stuff that probably didn't really happen. Tons of contradictions. Yeah. And you have to believe way more than logic, yeah. <laughs> like, than reasoning. Yeah, and you'll see religions borrowing from other religions that were older and, like, certain traditions that got passed down, not from necessarily from Christianity, but from paganism to Christianity. And yeah. So you'll see so much of that stuff and cultures and stuff and 
I, I've never been able to really buy it. Yeah. Uh, you can't tell me that some pope has this direct line to God that no one else has, you know? Like, <laughs> Sounds sorry. like a sales pitch, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds and, like you're shaming me up. <laughs> you know, uh, um, <coughs> I believe it was Karl Marx. Yeah. Wrote the Communist Manifesto, but he also wrote a ton of other stuff, and he said religion is the opiate of the masses. Yeah, I've heard that before. You know, <laughs> you know and uh, that's like that. That it can allow. It's it's hard because we look for control of people or giving people like a moral compass that they may not necessarily have otherwise. Yeah, um, but that also in some ways negates freedom of will. Yeah, <coughs> I can see that. And that's certainly something that, like, one is debatable, but two, I, I place more value in freedom of will than in any, in almost anything else in a human's life, you know? Like, yeah, it's valuable. It's yeah, very worth, very much worth yeah. protecting and living for. Yeah. So, so live free or die, right? Yeah, yeah, there's <laughs> a little bit of that attitude going on there, except New Hampshire is not so much live free or die, and never really has been. It's been a great slogan, but yeah. there's a lot of hicks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one of them. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but, uh, I loved living in New Hampshire when I, I You know what? I miss it a lot. I don't miss... It's like a, a big issue on the seacoast apparently with heroin now. Like, I moved right before that started going on, but all of a sudden, over the past couple of years, there's like been strings of overdoses. Supposedly stuff. this whole area where we are, New England, like, I've heard there's like issues with it everywhere. I've just never gotten into like that side of drugs or never cared that much about it so like yeah you know if you just kind of i've never had an issue with pot or like weed or anything yeah you know go for it you know you're not really hurting anyone and most most people i know that are on the law enforcement side of things would probably rather deal with someone who's stoned than someone who's drunk man for sure you know yeah i can count like making mistakes when i've been stoned i've only done I've never done anything stupid when I was stoned. I've yeah. certainly done stupid shit when I was drunk. For sure. You know. If anything, like, it may, people com- say it makes them nervous and makes them uh, a little paranoid, so they're more likely to just, like, not just get into some crazy shit. When you're drunk, it makes you, it can make you super loose where you you just, like, feel like smashing something. Yeah. People get to that. You see that. You don't really see that with, like, other things, you know? Like, sugar, maybe. <laughs> you know, we get super fucking high on sugar and just start punching little kids at video games. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's you a good comparison. Don't take the video game away. That's yeah. when you see shit get smashed with a little kid. Sugar is, like, the gnarliest drug to me. Because I think about the obesity issue, and then I think about how much I love sugar. And like your, your teeth and like well, there's, yeah, you your know, mood like, it alters your mood crazy when it comes part of your diet and it's like a major part of it you know like um, I'm not you know um, I actually took a nutrition class that covered this sort nice. of thing um, it's the type of sugar you eat like the processed yeah. sugar you're talking about is pretty gnarly for you well you I'm getting better with that but I love like grapes and peaches and like and apples can, and like have a couple of those citrus every like, day dude like. Good, because I crushed the fuck. Yeah, Give me a bag yeah, of like, grapes, dude. I'll put them down right now. good to have. <laughs> like, what she's talking about is, like, complex sugars that are hard for your body to break down, and then by the time it does, it turns it into fat. So you're saying, like, Reese's piece, Reese's cup? Yeah. It doesn't have to be their brand, but that's the one I like. Yeah. A chocolate peanut butter process with a lot of yeah. different ingredients. The Reese's pieces. <laughs> it's so good, though. 
God and you get the ice cream too, and then mm. you're like doubling up on the on the. Well, my girl like got me on this ice cream that she says pretty good, and it tastes pretty good. But I don't really know. Like I look at the ingredients, and they're very simple. It's like mm. three ingredients. I'm like, yeah, it can't be too bad for me. Just right. every, I don't understand what it all is. So <laughs> mine does the gelato. She always gelato. gets the expensive like you know yeah price like pint of ice cream yeah, like, yeah. seven dollars or something. Yeah, this one is like yeah. five or six. Yeah, maybe. exactly. Yeah. Like just. Why would you ever do it? But it tastes great. And, yeah. I and you know what? Honestly, if she's going to buy me ice cream, I'm just going to shut up and let her buy me ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Life experience. Yeah, you got to know when to just like <laughs> take your wins, man. So ice cream's ice cream. I love a, I love a um, ice cream cone from McDonald's. The we, end of the day, I was like, yeah. damn, perfect size. Yeah, I'll do that. Uh, Wendy's Frosties is always like a good thing for me. Not mad at those. Uh, yeah, and uh, the other day it was, it was like you know it was like ninety degrees, and uh, I was just like I really want a frosty. And she goes, "All right, let's go get one." My girlfriend went and got me a frosty. Damn, that's love. I was just, yeah, <laughs> that's a keeper. Yeah. You know, like um, I remember when there was one flavor, bro. One flavor. Yeah. I don't mind variety though. I like I like, that I like the chocolate frosty. That's it. Yeah. See, I figured you're a purist. You were talking. Yeah. About <laughs> you're like, dude, why they bring vanilla? Yeah. I felt Someone that way. walked out with a strawberry frosty the other day. Whoa, that just, just fucked like, me up. Yeah. Not cool, man. <laughs> not cool. Sacrilege. <laughs> yeah. That or sometimes when you're really baked, you like dip your French fries in the frosty. So good. Yeah. It's yeah. really good. <laughs> People don't think so, but like. Right, guys. Can can I um can we go back to the yeah. concussion side of things? Oh right, yeah. Because you just sparked me. Any, does marijuana help with con- like? Uh, well, with you know the thing is, it'll. Or what does help? More importantly, you don't have to defend marijuana. But uh, what have you found that's helped? I got my minor in ballet in college, and that nice. really helped because it taught you a lot of balance and stuff. Yeah, skateboarding actually helped as as long as I don't. The problem with me and skating is that I still have it in my head that I can do shit that yeah. I could do 10 or 12 years ago. And no, you have to do a skate lesson. Yeah, yeah. so like, I can, I, I built like a mini ramp in my backyard near Red Alert and there's huh. a skate light and stuff. So How I, big? It was just a three and a half footer by like 10 feet wide That's or something. That's a fucking six size for a ramp. And it was really fast because what I did is when I got it, <laughs> um, I took it and then I shortened it by a foot and a half from yeah. the regulation so you could really fucking fly on the skate. The skate lights fast as it is anyway. Yeah, it's super solid. So I started learning, you know, a little bit more ramp stuff and like kind of, I actually do better now, but, um, yeah, it's just, you know, you take dumps and like, especially in, on the East Coast snowboarding, I got them worse snowboarding than I did. Just hitting your head super hard. Did you yes. know you had a concussion each time? Or? Sometimes you don't. Sometimes, like, you vomit. Like, you'll hit hard. your head hard enough that you'll puke. Yeah, that's And then, like, you just leave the... You gotta get... You just get down the hill and you gotta stop for the day. For uh, a while. Were you just trying tricks and just piling out? Yeah, like, uh... Well... You know, you're... You're also, like... This is, these are catching up to me from when I was really doing yeah. it, you know? Like, and, uh... And it's East Coast riding, it's ice, man. Yeah, Especially yeah. It's, <laughs> That's it's true. ice. Like, you'll have some good days, but, like, I went out and I was riding Snow Summit and Big Bear, like, in, like, you know, 05, 06 or whatever, and it was just straight powder to me, right? And yeah. I'm sitting on the, I'm sitting on the, uh, lift going up, and this dude's like, oh, you know, uh, 
It's pretty icy today. I don't think I'm gonna hit the park. And I had just gone through the park, and it was beautiful. Oh, yeah, powder, man. Oh, <laughs> yeah, but to them that was icy, and I was like, "Wow, I want to be here on a good day." You know. <laughs> like, um, so, you know, you'll get a little bit more advantage if you live, or you know, I know a lot of people that went to like that like would go to snow schools near, you know, uh, Mount Snow or Sugarloaf Academy has one. Nice. So a lot of those kids that, uh, you know who Scotty Lego is? Um, sounds familiar. He's like familiar. a pro Olympic snowboarder or whatever. And Not he really. went to, um, he reads for Flow, I think, still. But he grew up in New Hampshire and Hampton. Nice. And I think his parents own an ice cream shop. It's called Lego's Ice Cream. Full circle. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> but he went uh, went to Waterville Valley Academy, I think it was. They used uh, to do a skate thing as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. That place is sick. Um, so they had a school there for the year and I think the way it goes is like in the mornings they'll either ride and they'll go to class in the afternoon or vice versa. So it's like school just to learn to snowboard. Yeah. And and that's where you get like an advantage because you get so much more comfortable and your boards tune real well yeah. every time and they, you know, you they just, line you up basically yeah. and get you going to your head. That's what I try to do in my lessons is like, like get them yeah. so they can ride. Then like with skating, if you're doing it every day, your learning curve at first is slow. And then once you hit a point, you can just... Turns into magic eventually. Yeah. Like, I like, can almost do anything yeah, I want. Yeah, it takes you like <laughs> 20 minutes to learn a trick instead of three weeks. To yeah. It took me weeks to learn how to heel flip. Yeah. It took me... I think like a day or a day and a half to learn how to bury a heel flip. Yeah. Just because like... You built off of what you... The foundation, yeah. yeah. I learned my front shove and I learned, you know, and I learned my heel flip and then all of a sudden I was like... Yeah. It's pretty much uh, you're learning fundamentals and you're learning how to build up the muscle and the muscle memory because when you're learning anything, your body has to like start to figure out where it needs to strain and whatnot. So like that's pretty much what it is. With the lessons, I just help people find their center and like kids, and then I start to like ride, get them riding. Because once yeah. they get riding, then we can learn, move forward. You know, like yeah. it's the best. It's so good to practice that. All I the just time. have to put. I just have to get back on the board too. Yeah. You know, like starting the business. But back to that is uh, when you get concussions. When we were talking about it, your synapses yeah. change. So where? Yeah. So now when I go to either snowboard or skateboard, like I, you know, I've gotten like just worked over so much that. My balance is a little off, and I know exactly how to tray flip, yeah. but I can't tray flip. Yeah, yeah, you know, like, I know how to do it, but something doesn't let me because my synapses are off now, and it threw, like, my hand-eye coordination off and stuff like that. So yeah. now, really, like, when I go to skateboard, I'm mostly half the time, if there's not, like, a half-pipe around, which is funny because I've <laughs> never riding it, but... Halfway like mini ramps are so easy to ride that you can't not have fun. Yeah, exactly. And you're not going to get hurt as bad. Well, my the park that I live yeah. near, the Edge, it's thirty thousand square foot yeah. indoor park. So like, my favorite thing to do is once I get them riding, is we do a lap around the whole yeah. park. So you can go all the way down, all the way down. It's so fun. There's so many stuff to ride over, and then you can do full laps and come all the way back. And it's like that whole ride. Mm-hmm. It could take you twenty minutes, maybe longer. Because you're just hitting other ramps on the way and carving and changing direction. And you, I've never, I always find different lines. Yeah. And so, like, you don't even have to do one trick. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The, 
you could be there for half an hour and have not even ollied and just rode around and had yeah. a, a blast. So that's where the lessons are for me. Because like, yeah. once I get them rolling, I'm like, I got to show you this hip. I got to show you how to ride over the A-frame. We got to check out the foam pit. There's yeah. a snowman bowl. There's this big... There We have like five different mini ramps, all different yeah. sizes. Like, it's fucking paradise. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, and, and that's one of those things where you just got to, like me, I just got to get off my house and go do it. I yeah. know it's there. At least once with me. Uh, it'll be fun. I will come stay. I gave you the Free promise. lesson, bro. <laughs> The lessons are for me, really, though. <laughs> <laughs> it gets you. It gets you there, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, um, so that's that's where things are different for me now. And like, can you rebuild? Can like, what would um, heal that? That's what I'm wondering. Like, well, your balance will never. My balance will never be right anymore. You know, it'll yeah. just. I'll have to learn how to deal with it. Yeah. Okay. That makes um, sense. And, and it's gotten better. There's certain stuff that like I can still do, but now like. When I first got back out on board, I hadn't pushed, ever pushed Mongo, and I was all of a sudden pushing Mongo. Yeah, that's strange. And I had to, like, reteach myself how to even push my board. And like, stuff. concussion just gave you an awkward style yeah, like, from just, what you were used to? Yeah, so, like, my ollie off of stuff, when it, like, when I started getting back into it, I could never ollie straight, and I would always, like, shifty ollie. Yeah. So I just started popping 180s down stuff instead of just doing straight ollies. Fuck it. Like, <laughs> It's working. <laughs> yeah, it's easier. So, but it also, you know, it made certain tricks easier. And relearning switch is much more difficult now. Yeah. Um, I felt really good about that ollie I got nice. not moving. <laughs> I was like, I feel so pathetic right now. I'm glad no one's watching. Oh, uh, dude, just start, um, <laughs> dude. I would, I would just start back on carpet so I could yeah. stay centered. Like that's where I learned all my tricks. Like was in the basement on carpet because yeah. you're not moving. You're just on a carpet. You can get your balance yeah. a little better. Like my mom was like a little prohibitive of like skateboarding in general. Yeah, like she kind of supported it, but kind of didn't. Yeah. Um, it was funny. I used to, I used to go to. Extremes or whatever. Yeah. You remember yeah, that? Yeah, like, Hole in the wall behind Walmart. Or yeah, I do remember. It was like matched with gymnastics. Yeah. Um, I went there for, I think we might have went there with all I needed in the beginning. Some jam back there. <laughs> really? Yeah, I they swear. Still I thought they closed. Maybe it was earlier then. Maybe it was Fibro days. But I know yeah. I've been there for like some sort yeah. of jam. I remember the name and I remember seeing like the inside of the park and skating it. And that that place is where I learned how to skate a little bit of transition. Most like the closest spot that was ever kind of known locally, like throughout New Hampshire, as a spot is this spot called the Foundations in Rochester. Nice. Which is like. It was basically like in the backwoods and it was just these three tiered foundations that people would set up rails or do like lines DIY. On straight yeah. DIY. Nice. And that was the closest and we had to take a bus to get there even. Oh like sick. Thirty minute well, it was a thirty minute bus ride from our town to Rochester, which oh. is right next door. So you just jump on the bus, get there, skate to the spot and then make sure you get the bus schedule. It's like living in the city almost. <laughs> yeah, but it's like straight kick. Yeah, <laughs> like, nice though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and this is also you gotta understand. Like we're you know thirty four. This was twenty something years ago. You know this is the late nineties. Is very very different attitude everywhere in New England than yeah. anything. You know. Yeah, like, I have people throw glass bottles at me for skating. Yeah, like um, a little girl like fuck you threw glass bottles at us yeah. and like old people and like. They thought we were a nuisance or something. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we were. I don't know. But well, you heard, I heard about some kid. This kid named Jeff uh, that skated in Dover was skating, in, I think, in Rockford or something. And somebody just walked out of their front door and shot him. He spent a Holy month in shit. Boston Children's Hospital. And no explanation. Just that's it, bro. Don't skate from my spot. Bam. Fuck. 
That's a bad day. Yeah, you went to Roxbury after that, bro. Yeah, Roxbury is <laughs> Roxbury was pretty gnarly. I, I've been there a bunch, but I've never experienced anything violent or anything. But I could see where it could get crazy. Yeah, I mean, um, I you know I got good tips. Like Ralph gave me like a good tip about skating in New York. You know, it's always keep twenty bucks on you, and if you're skating somewhere sketchy that you can't like get out of like someone approaching you, yeah, you just like give them twenty bucks and ask them to like find you something. <laughs> and most of the time they'll just rip you off. They'll take the twenty bucks and leave. But they leave you alone. They leave you alone. Yeah. It's nice if you have all this camera equipment and shit too. If you're filming and like you just don't want any hassle, I know. It's crazy. It's yeah. sketchy. I've been in some crazy places where you have thousands of dollars of camera equipment, <coughs> photos and shit, and you're just like in this neighborhood where you're like, someone could just rob us. People are jumping out of bushes and shit, and it's like, what do you do? You know, you know what? Really, what really I've seen help out more is bums will actually sit there and like watch your stuff without even you asking. And if someone comes by, they'll say something. A lot of times, too, you, people, you know, like yeah. homeless, the homeless actually. If they're and like, I, if you're in an area where you know each other, yeah, it's kind of then it makes sense, you know. I, you know, I heard people saying that happened in Love Park a lot. I, you uh, know, I, I, I literally got to Love Park put my board down and then cops came and I never went back ah oh, bummer I never got to actually like do it and it was before they skate proofed it too I think they tore it down like, yeah I believe dude that place was like skateboarding legacy yeah um yeah so I guess the concussions are crazy when I've hit my head a few times and had I had staples in the back just like four or something but that sucked yeah. but I never really realized if I had a concussion like I've, I've hit my yeah. head a couple times pretty hard but like I don't know. Yeah, well, there's also different levels of concussions. And yeah. And then you have to do with, like, genetics and then compounded concussions. I like, did have vertigo for, like, yeah. six months. That You're was fucking useless, weren't you? Dude, for, yeah. two, for at least two weeks, I couldn't even get off a couch. Yeah. I was supposed to be in South America on a skateboard trip. <laughs> and I came down with vertigo, like, a day. They already bought my flight. I was, the next day I'm going to the airport, and I just can't even get off the couch because I feel like I'm spinning upside yeah. down. And it lasted for, like, two weeks. Like, my homie Mike Franklin, who shreds, he, like, had to pick me up off the couch, bring me to the bathroom so I could hang on to something. Like, he had to bring me food for, like, two weeks. It was so gnarly. I, like, I don't know. I, and they gave me steroids and everything, and yeah, nothing would work. Yeah, <laughs> Well, I hit my head a few yeah. times, you know? But um, fuck, dude. Yeah, I, w- I was actually skating a Red Alert, and I, I, I knocked myself out. Gnarly. Well, I, I was an idiot. I was just fucking around. It, it was my fault. Yeah, it but, happens you know, that I way. Came, I, can just, I didn't fall right into the yeah, head right snap. <laughs> and uh, my GPA in a month drops. Like, Jesus. Just so long because I couldn't write essays. I couldn't do anything. And that was, I had already had the balance issues and I was trying to relearn how to skate too. Yeah, not really. And then it got to the point where like I, I just bought a helmet and I was like, Smart. I'll, I'll wear a helmet. You know, like I can't, I want to skate, but if I, if I don't wear this when I'm skating a ramp. Yeah. You know, it's not worth risking it. Yeah. It's, you know, I'm getting a little older too. And yeah, you know, you think I'm an idiot for wearing a helmet. Oh, well, you know. But, yeah. I, th- I feel like I just, like, my skating has definitely, like, um, got more modest. Like, I'm not trying yeah. to jump down the biggest things anymore. I just, like, am focusing. Because you have to. Because if you don't, that's how you get injured. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, you got to understand that, you know, there's a there's milk and honey. You know, there's a date on it. Well, <laughs> it yeah. spoils after a while there's if you don't also, use it. There's also understanding, you know, you're going to pay a price. Yeah. Damage you, is done. Yeah. yeah. Like, you're going to... 
you know, if you if you want to do something gnarly, like when I went and skated in New York a couple of years ago, and I was getting more into it, I skated, you know, your the fountains or whatever. And yeah. Mountains. Yep. Beautiful. So fun. Yeah. I love those places. The, I tried the stairs. Um, I actually tried a frontside big spin. No, no, it's like the fountains that you see everyone in Queens, like the Flushings. Flushings. So yeah. sick. With the and, grates and the yeah, ledge over the grate, yeah. and like yeah. I was living in Belmore, New York, for the summer, so nice. I could just go. It was a ten-minute drive to maybe a fifteen-minute drive without traffic. To Damn, really? So, and that's and like basically like, a flat-ground skate park with ledges yeah. and gaps, and like there's those big stairs like that. Yeah. I mean, the mani pads. It's starting down. to get torn up though on the ledges a little bit more. They're really overwaxed too. They're really fast. And yeah. I was up in New Hampshire. You just go faster. A lot of people don't use that much wax. So yeah. Up north, like they're just like not push through it. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. like they're there. It's re- and it's been skated for twenty some years. There's piles of wax and there's shit that's gone down there. It's slippery as shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I warmed up and, you know, I warmed up going over the grade. I was doing like the front shove or something like that. I just relearned those. I was having a lot of fun. Such know? a good trick. And, uh, but it's a lot, once you learn a front shove, like, and I'm good at 180s already, yeah. right, you can do a front side big spin really easy, you know? Combine like, it yeah. and hang on. Yeah. And, uh, so I was trying to do a, I think it was a front side big spin nose slide. Not really. Um, but from the ledge over, you know, over a little bit. Yeah. And I misjudged it, and I landed, like... Like, board slide? Board slide, like and it just went... Like that. Onto your head? Because I still had it in my head that I could do it, you know? And yeah. It's going back to it, where, like... And it was one and done, and I was out. And, like, uh, you know, I hung out there a little bit more. I went to the Roslyn Banks a lot more. Yeah. And and this comes from, like, when I was a kid, I, I didn't do a lot of ledge skating. I like gaps. Yeah. I like big stuff. Jump so, off a building. <laughs> yeah, I really, like, I would just try to find anything that was scary. You yeah. Know? And that, that was, like, I'd learn my tricks and I'd warm up on, like, a four stairs. Thrills it all, dude. And, Thrills it all. Yeah, man. you so, know, so. like, you just, and you just go and, and some of the, you know, and what's funny is my favorite skate parts were, like, these just experimental techie parts, like, <laughs> like Dills was always amazing. No, like, we were talking about photosynthesis and Ellie Murchoff, always loved those videos, Yeah, too. they had such a cool feel, and the skaters, and but, the personality, yeah, and, and, it, and especially where we lived, it was much easier to find a double set, or, like, ten stairs. Relatable, for sure, like, you could find the same spots. You could find some, well, not only that, but what you're not realizing is, like, that fisheye lens makes... The ten stairs people are doing in California look a lot bigger. Massive, than it is. yeah. <laughs> like a ten stair in California is like a six stair in New England. Yeah, know? there's like, a comparison for sure. Yeah, like draft, there's contrast between the two. Yeah, <laughs> and and often when you look in a fisheye, even the stairs are like in New Hampshire. When I say New Hampshire, it's just I skated UNH a lot. And you have big granite stairs. Yeah, like you have these huge thick ones. <laughs> but a fisheye and a fisheye will make it look like that too. But then people count and they're like, oh, it's only ten stairs. It can't be that. Yeah, yeah. You're like, dude, you have no fucking... Clue. There's also cracks, and the it's been weathered and salted yeah. on all winter, and you're like, fuck, you have no idea how much obstacles, like... Yeah. <laughs> it's just so much more gnarly, so when you go somewhere else, even down south a little bit, you go anywhere that doesn't have as much snow, Yeah, and it's just easy street. It just starts to get a little smoother. Yeah, that's what made it hard to learn how to power slide, because... The ground's so bad everywhere you are, you're just going to eat shit if you try to power slide. Yeah, like, well, you need to hit the hills, bro. Yeah, <laughs> no, fuck. 
I know it's awesome spot. Fuck. <laughs> 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 um, oh, so like, yeah. So that's you know, you're in, and it goes to show how much your environment will shape your skating style. But some of it's your attitude. Like I never didn't mind bombing hills, but I liked gaps and I liked taking the most basic trick and trying to make it as difficult as possible. Yeah. You know, like. Then you'll see stuff now, like, a great example is Chris Jocelyn. He'll do a 360 flip, 360, or whatever you fucking call it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's crazy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I watched some of his photos, I was like, this dude's He's had, like, nine knee surgeries, though. No, Ireland. He's always blowing out his knees, because yeah. he's... There's videos of him going, like, they're, like, they have the radar gun, so they're, like, he's doing a 360 flip at, like... X amount miles per hour. Yeah. Like I don't know. I'm like Jesus Christ. And he's doing it over like the biggest shit alive. Yeah. There was this one. It was this recent clip on Thrasher that they posted of him, and it was this front side flip he did that was like insanely stylish because he poked it out. It didn't even look like he was gonna land it. He yeah. poked it out really far and grabbed it like out here, brought mm. it back under. Not really. And just like bolts. Yeah. Like, Skateboarding is insane. Yeah. <laughs> like, the heights. Well, it's funny because I've seen the Davis gap and. And that, that's not a terribly... Is it UC Davis? Yeah. That's what it is, yeah. Yeah, and I was out there, like, we got dropped off in Camp Pendleton, so I went... I've seen that area. I went and visited a whole bunch of San Diego areas and went up to LA. It's so crazy when you go there, because you see the military when you're on the roads and shit, yeah. you see tanks going by, you see, like, yeah. it's right there, it's crazy, yeah. yeah. And, uh, so I got to, like, do that, um, you know, when we got home, and I also, you know, got drunk and stuff, <laughs> Had some good times. Yeah. <laughs> I used to live in Long Beach. Which oh, was all right. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> for like two years when I wrote for Birdhouse, I, right. we had like an apartment, the Birdhouse Ams, and it was like me, John Goman, Brandon Westgate, Shawnee, and it was a sick crew. Yeah. Matt Ball lived there. It was sick. Yeah, one of the old Birdhouse guys actually became a professor too. I forget oh, his nice. name. Oh, nice. Hmm. He did professor of history though. Ocean Howell. Yeah. Nice, I nailed it. Yeah, <laughs> That's you got the dust. That. You, uh, yeah, useless goodwill hunting with skateboarding. You know? <laughs> sick. <laughs> That's sick. Ocean Owl, dude, I remember his graphics. I haven't thought yeah. about that in a long time. I'm gonna have to watch some of his footage now and get hyped. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't like, and he was a good rider. He was just really mellow about it. Yeah. He's doing the same thing in a lot of ways that, uh, Mark Succi's doing, man. He's yeah. getting his degree at, like, NYU or something like that, or Columbia. Yeah. And But he's still a pro rider, and he's ripping it. And yeah. He's just doing both. I tell everyone, I'm like, dude, the more well-rounded you are, the better. Like, skating can stay with you, like, you know what I mean? A lot of times, we're, we're always hurt because we're skating too much. Yeah. And you're, like... Or you're still trying to push yourself, and you're, like... Yeah. And you're getting older, and you can't... You gotta... You gotta pay that price now. Yeah, you gotta you're understand. Kid, you're not paying for it, man. Yeah, yeah like, exactly. <laughs> um... All you can do is stay in shape and try to, like, you gotta pre- be preemptive. Like, you gotta pre, you gotta decide, like, I'm gonna start working out before, yeah. you know what I mean? Because you gotta build up muscle. It's also a change in your mindset, too. Like, you have to understand you won't be able to do things you used to do. You won't yeah. be able to drop that. You'll be able to go hang out with people who do still do it. Yeah. Watch. <laughs> Sick. And, you know, it's, and it's just about as much fun, but you're not getting hurt, you know? Yeah. Um, or you just. Honestly, it, for like when we were talking about the lifestyle, it, if you're just around it, that should be enough, you know. Yeah. Um, if you love what you're doing, you love what you're doing. Like, what, yeah. 
I'm dude. I'm with you because I I've done you know? I've seen the spectrum of it all. Yeah. Because I was like that young kid, found skating, didn't want to let go of it, and then I was like, how do I keep this in my life as long as possible and like do it as much? Because it literally was my therapy. Like yeah. I was like, this was the thing that just I needed to hang on to. So I just like put everything into it. I finished high school while I was skating because I was like, I just want to have that so I don't have to go back. And I knew I could do it. I just didn't care because it was like kind of annoying me. I don't know. People annoyed me at that time. I was an angry little kid, you know, <laughs> had a lot of issues, didn't really want to like play games and compete. Yeah. I'm like, I'm all, let's just get through this. And then Plus, uh, you kind of already had a direction you were going. You already had a purpose. You were yeah. striving. You were probably sponsored by your time. Well, before you were out of high school. Y- you know? Yeah, I was like 16 right there, yeah. fibro. And then I started traveling and like, and they wanted to do what I wanted to do, which was just skateboard all the time. Like traveling, meet shops, like demos, like all that stuff. So I was like, perfect. If I pull a lot, if I apply my energy into that, let's see where it carries me, you know? So I did all that, and then it came full circle, you know? Like a recession happens, brands drop you. Yeah. That's the one that always was weird to me. Like a brand defines you, you know? Like you, they could take your pro status away. Like if they go out of business, you no longer have a pro model, you know what I mean? Like... Or if they are owned by someone who doesn't skate and they just change their business model, the skate team might not be... Yeah. They might cut your whole skate team and then it's like you're no longer a pro skateboarder because you well, don't... You know, I think once you... See, there's certain... You know, this is a weird thing. And I got in this discussion with Ralph a lot about nice. this too. Ralph is awesome. His idol is Gigi Allen. He's, <laughs> he's a crazy individual that, that I find very interesting. And we would always discuss, like, what a pro skateboarder was. And you'd see people, and you see this with new brand, skateboard brands coming out. You wear kids. But uh, people will start a skateboard brand and get themselves a pro model. Yeah. And that's... To me, not how you earn, you know, not how you become a professional skateboarder. Oh, like they never had a pro model before, but then they start their own brand and they give themselves a model, um, a pro model. That's what you're saying. Like they turn themselves pro. Yeah. Yeah, that's a tough one. Someone has to turn you pro. Yeah. You know, like. It has to be earned. Yeah, that's an, well, not only an earned thing, but like, you can't tell me that, like, now kids are getting pressure to turn pro at like 18 or 19. Back then, like, yeah. that wasn't. You know, it wasn't like that for us growing up. Yeah. Kids were like 18 or 19 and just trying to become AMs. Yeah, yeah. But also AMs were also getting paid a bit more back then. Like, yeah. Now they It's know, a tough game now. It is. My whole thing is like, whether they're sponsors or not, like outside skateboarding stuff, skateboarders should be doing cool shit for skateboarding. Yeah. You should be doing the events. You should be doing the podcasts. We should be owning the skate shops. We should be starting the brands. We should be the team managers. We should be the filmers. We should be the sales. We should yeah. be the fucking homies. Yeah, that, the, 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 and that goes full circle to the fact that like you can't make yourself a pro. Skateboarding has to make you a professional skateboarder. You know, yeah. like, the people within, and it's... There's a lot of politics involved in, you know, the bigger game of skateboarding, like yeah. established companies, but you'll still see other companies that don't do that either. Yours, yeah. um, even Antihero, as big as it is, doesn't really play that game either. Yeah, they yeah. If they want, um, you know, Crooked, Gone, yeah. Gone still just does Gone. You know, it's like, in the name. <laughs> it's in the name. It's Crooked. It's yeah. like the opposite of straight. Like, yeah, it's just, just whatever. It does whatever. <laughs> um, Steve Rodriguez is an amazing example of that. I think yeah. he might have sold Fibro. I wasn't sure if he did or not. I'm not sure, but he's uh, definitely someone I look up to and have learned a lot from. He was a, like a yeah. father figure to me at, at some point, you know? And not only that, I mean, he has done so much for skateboarding on the East Coast that no one realizes. Yeah, he's like know? dark man behind the scenes. Yeah, he yeah. Did, and he, the thing is, he does it 
you know, a good thing can't always be a good thing if you're looking for recognition for it. And that's one yeah. thing where that guy doesn't really look for much recognition. He no. Just, he finds joy in what he does. Yeah. And I, I, that's why I idolized him as a little kid. He's like, I was the same way. I just want to find, you just want to find peace and community and, and like, let's all work together. You know what I mean? And he was really good at like starting stuff and keeping it going yeah. and like growing it. And like, that's the same yeah. vein, you know? Like, skateboarders should live what they love, you know what I mean? Like, you should be able to be a part of a community with or without money. You should have, be able to have identity and purpose and community and friends. Like, skateboarding's that glue for a lot of us. Yeah. There's so many weirdos in skateboarding. It's probably the best thing about it is that yeah. it's not a sports team. Not everyone has a uniform. It's whoever just wants to apply their energy to it, it we applaud it. At least in my community, it's like, dude, people apply effort and it's, you know, you see where that takes them and you're in awe half the time, you know? Like, and it's also like even within skateboarding kind of clicks or whatever, you, yeah. you're always going to find people that you can just jive, jive with, you know? Like, yeah. You're not always, just like anywhere in real life, you're not always going to like everyone you're around. You yeah. Know? Like, if everyone's allowed to the party, then you have to learn to socialize yeah, and like yeah, give yeah. each other respect and boundaries, but you can still voice your opinion. It's an art in that form. We were talking about that a little bit earlier. It's like people protect their art. So their identity and how they move and how they act and how they tricks they choose and their identity and what they choose to show, it becomes their life is their art. And then it's like some people are so like, this is the way I did it and this is the way it should be done that they forget that like there's, you can move any fucking direction you want and find a way. Like there's no path. Like, but there's far less of an alpha male mentality than yeah. skateboarding. Everyone's real, for the most part, like... You know, I go skate with a lot of people, or I've skated around a lot of people that were stoked to see me learn a backside 50-50 again, you know, yeah. or something. Yeah. And these guys were doing, you know, Tremble is one of them that I skated Legendary. Fucking still one of the most amazing skaters I've ever seen. He's been on the show. He's great style. He doesn't try, he doesn't look like he's trying ever. No. And he's just... When he likes something, he perfects it and, yeah. like, gets really mastery. He masters things, and He's I've always so admired that. That's one guy that, like, I'm rude. I know he got real hurt, you know. And he the kinda, knee. Yeah. I'm partly to blame. <laughs> I egged him on on a back tail at, was it New London Park? New London Dairy? Or, I don't know, Dairy Park? He was trying, it was, we had to park, and he was killing He was skating good all day, and then at the end of the day, we were just at the skate park. And I like to kind of be like, hey, you got this. Because he was learning them down this hubba. Yeah. And I just knew he had it, you know. But then he hurt his knee. And I was like, oh. And I was like telling him. I, he, I think it was like almost to the try. I was like, one more, one more. Like yeah. that. And I was like, ugh. And then yeah. the knee just hurt, you know. I hurt my knee too. So I understand what he went through. <laughs> Shit sucks. And that's one person where like, you want to talk about someone that didn't have a girl model. That I was I like, know, I know. That's one guy where like. Deserved one. Yeah. Deserves one. Like, he just had the talent. Legendary. Like, yeah, he's just so good. He has um, an internal GPS that, like, yeah. goes across <laughs> the country, and he would find skate spots without... Yeah. Like, he would just be like, go left... We, we would be lost, and he'd say, go left here, and he'd be like, I just... And we'd turn, and it'd be a famous skate spot, and he's like, I just recognized it. I'm like, what? Yeah. What are you talking about? Well, it's, it's the New England navigation. You, yeah. you find Dunkin' Donuts and graveyards. You can navigate anywhere, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> graveyards, especially. Yeah. And, I mean, obviously um, Dunkin's, but... <laughs> but, you know, I, I've never, like, a friend on Facebook, you know, disclaimer, I'm, you know, barely talked to him about anything other than skateboarding. We've just always seen him around. I grew yeah. up with Nick... Yeah, 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 and uh, that's how I'd seen him skating Raymond at the, you know, the old 
parked there. Two seventies, front side two seventies, and um, to lip slides and he just was good all these popping and, like five and a half, six foot alley oops out of that big quarter pipe. That six footer. Yeah, yeah gnarly. And it was just head high every time, just popping out of it and then going over the and then going over, usually using the hip to do a kick flip or something. Yeah. yeah. That would be his like in effortless, just effortless. Did you ever see punk rock trembly when he had a mohawk and a bowl, like the bowl piercing? No, dude, sick. Uh. That was like when I first met him. He had like glue, like hold his hair out. He's yeah. like, he looked crazy. And you know, trembly's eyes, he's got like yeah. those like blue eyes that are like kind of stare through you. Yeah. So, like, him with a mohawk and a thing, yeah. I was like, whoa, yeah. And all the thing is, all those guys were like four years older than me too so yeah. I'd get the chance to like see him skate or whatever and it would be like really stoked on it because he was the best guy probably one of the best skaters in New Hampshire if not the best skater in New Hampshire when I was growing up I say legendary I've been yeah, all over the world like, and like Trim is unique and has done shit on a skateboard that I could never even imagine Yeah, I've seen him charge like 15 to like 18 stair rails like first try just as fast as you can go like just look at it and then he would skate around the whole block yeah. that's what he'd do Trim would roll up to a spot he had in mind Maybe he cased it out before. It'd be like a 17-stair rail, and where you can't bail, but you just have to commit. You can't even all of the stairs. It's like long as fuck. And he would just go up to the spot, and he would skate around the block as fast as he could. He'd come back, like, panting, and be like, all right, set up. Like, do it. Let's do it. And he would first try. Like, no blink, no hesitation. He would just go and hop on and slide usually all the way to the bottom. It went wrong sometimes, but for the majority, he'd get to the bottom and either land it or just get it in a couple tries. Yeah. And I was just like, that's how it's done. But that like, he doesn't shit. look like he's trying. No, yeah. That's he what was so scary. Like he's, he's just like, oh. He just right. commits for <laughs> it. It looks casual. It's almost like a little, yeah. there's a little heath in him a little bit. Arms yeah, down too, like lip sides. Especially too. like lately, here, like he, like when I saw him, he was on the, he was on the, open button shirt he always wears oh, an nice. open button shirt and t-shirt <laughs> and uh but he just effortless like and just such style to you yeah and uh you can tell he's skateboarded a lot in his life there's you know there's certain skaters where you know they worked for it and there's yeah. certain skaters where he might have worked for it but he just had this natural ability that goes above and beyond yeah like an understanding of how work. to do it yeah <laughs> you know just this intrinsic understanding yeah. of, of it just being able to do it and size something up and and also understanding your abilities and how to use those when you're skating you know but, yeah that's crucial you know uh he's just really good and you see I saw this you see the same thing in Tate actually a lot, yeah. in a lot of ways that's sick um, and he's always had you know some people just have the magic you know yeah it's awesome um, and that's for me just as fulfilling to see is actually even being on a board or seeing someone with that much talent skate too yeah like I went to the Brooklyn Banks once and I think I pushed around a little bit and then just watched because there was pro skaters you're in awe because it's a lot going on yeah, yeah and you're good. just sitting there and you know I'm from New Hampshire and my town had like 2,000 people in it <laughs> like, yeah um, New York's crazy then yeah. <laughs> you might as well be Amish yeah but, like sitting there I was like oh you know like everything and then you know you go to these spots that look huge too in New York like you go to these spots that look huge to you and you go there and it's 
Oh, it's tough. Like, yeah. The China double set that's like eight stairs. Yeah. You just got to push. Yeah, you can get it. It's yeah, possible. It's it's not as hard as it looks with a fish eye. I did a lot of experimenting like yeah. that, going to New York, riding for Fibro, and just going to all the spots and being like, okay, I got to see what yeah. I can do on this. You know, the like, one spot that I can probably say is as big as it looks at D7. That's massive. That's a big spot. Yeah, like, that thing's fucking You can't right. get around that. <laughs> like, I, I guess we're going to keep going off on skateboarding because it's too good, but I want to get into what you're doing nowadays. All right. Um, so maybe take us through that. From so, the like, I was graduating from college, and, uh, you know, I was getting more into skating, but I was either going to be going to get my doctorate, like I was going to apply for grad school, and I had the grades to get in, and I had scores, so I can go whenever I want anyway. Um, and I was... What would you use that for? I was just going to teach. Okay. You know, uh, I was gonna get my joint uh, philosophy and law degree, a GE PhD. Okay. And I was looking at certain programs for that, and uh, my friend had called me, calls me up, and he goes, you know, um, how do you use these hops? Because he knew I brewed beer and worked in. I was working in the brewing industry at the time anyway, while I was in college, because I was just fucking bored, you know. Yeah. And it's uh, probably pretty fun. It's not. You, I turn my hobby into a job, you know. It's, yeah. There's certain parts about it, and the reason I do it is because I love what I'm doing. Yeah. But there's certain parts that are certainly work. Yeah. You know. And Even when you get what you want, you gotta work at it. It's yeah. always work. Yeah. No one escapes work. You gotta earn it, man. Yeah. And, uh, but he called me, and, and within about a half hour, I convinced him that the best way to use the hops he had grown was to start a brewery. <laughs> you just used your magic words? Yeah, <laughs> magic words. And, uh, within Sick. about a half hour, we, you know, fine we're doing this so he took a barn that had gotten converted into a garage nice. and then turned that and converted that barn into an actual brewery so wow um you got like a walk-in fridge and a canning line big stainless tanks so I'll be right back. well that's crazy to start with just a barn yeah um and renovate it is, uh, nice so, um you know, as far as that goes, we're just making these really good IPAs, pale ales, rye ales, like just nice. really solid, accessible beer. Um, the name of the brewery is Henry and Fran. Nice. And that's actually named it. We were both Marines together, so we decided to reference um, a street corner in Fallujah. Yeah, and, that's but crazy. But if you had ever been to Fallujah, you would know that reference. Yeah. So it's kind of like a sort of... And we didn't want to, like, have us being veterans like define who we are as people yeah but we wanted to reference where we came from so we didn't want to be obvious and we wanted just to kind of have that nod yeah Does that makes sense there's like, a history yeah yeah it's a crossroads where you both have been in life yeah. and it's nice to have that in the title because it's it's a memory of a crossroads that yeah you stem from exactly and, uh, you know but we didn't want to be so like even on our website we're not listed as veteran owned we don't rely on that we don't use being veterans to try and build our image any more than just telling our story and who we are. Fair enough. But yeah. if you even look on the About Me section on our website, it even took out the part about how we got our name. Yeah. And I what? just, you know... Um, just because? Why, though? Uh, you know, there's... Is there people that would take advantage of that? Well, if you, we have gotten a lot less comments about being in the military and only comments about the beer, but I also don't... That's you good. know, there's a sort of ethical dilemma for me with, like, you know, there are a lot of people that died and, like, sacrificed a lot in war, especially the war we were in, 
um, do I really want to make money off that, or do I want to like build that into my brand and have that define who I am as well? So, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. And, and part it is part of me, but it's not like yeah, it's not defining you. Necessarily. In, in a lot of ways, it does, but just because that's six years of your life. That's you know, at the time I got out, I was twenty four, so. That, 25, so that was, a wow. quarter, you know, that was almost a quarter of my life. That You're developing so much in those yeah. six years, I can imagine. You're so a whole it different is person. Gonna, it is going to shape who you are. And they say you change things. like every seven years, every cell in your body or something yeah. ridiculous. Um, but that that's going to change, you know, that life experience is going to certainly shape, help shape who you are, but, you know, look at me, I got my degree in philosophy after. How many people you know are in the military even when they got their degree after, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. And then the brewery thing happened. I'd been brewing a while, and you know, I had always tinkered with brewing beer for a long time. And uh, once you understand the principles and you understand how flavor works, it's a lot like when you see a professional skateboarder. They can just find lines. Nice. They can, you know, they can much in the same way Chris could look at a, a spot. You said, yeah, the way you said, you could just look at a spot and just. He would find it and charge it. Yeah, yeah. It and brewing it very much is the same way. You just. You have like every brewer will have a different style or way of doing things. That's sick. But like uh, you know, you just—I call it shaping flavors. You, you take a different type of hop that hasn't been used a certain way, and you use it that way to get a different flavor out of it. And You're like remixing like a DJ almost. Yeah, like <laughs> just way more unique flavors. You're not changing the principles of brewing at all. You're just kind of just. Your own tweak. Yeah, yeah that's nice. little thing. I mean, brewing's been going on for over a thousand years, yeah. thousands of years. So, um, but we started the brewery, and you know, we're looking at space to grow, and it's been doing well. We've been open a few months, but when I was thinking about doing collaborations, we're also going to be doing collaborations with other breweries and stuff. But See. What I always wanted to do is like do collaborations with companies outside of it too, and like get that influence and get that vibe going. And skateboarding, just as much as being a marine, is, is skateboarding more so has always been a larger part of my life than even being a marine. I've been doing it for 20 years. I've been involved there, at least paying attention when I wasn't riding. Yeah. When I'm not riding, I'm still looking at thrashers. It had an impact on you for sure. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so I thought it'd be really cool to like get in contact with certain people and you, you were one of them. This is how we kind of met up again. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you just kind of, um, so with, and you can do a, you, if it's under your brand, you can do a collaboration with whoever you want and yeah. just have that on the label. So I decided to do it with the skate company, you know? Sick, yeah. And uh, I just thought it would be really fun. And, like, if I ever get a chance or you can call and just uh, get a hold. So I was trying to actually buy Westgate's Cranberries when I was working for another company. Nice, yeah. Did it. we talk about that? Uh, no, no. <laughs> That's was, a good idea. I was no. trying to buy his Cranberries um, and... Uh, trying to get a hold of him but he said he sold this whole lot to like some distributor or something yeah he made a deal with someone and was selling yeah. them off yeah yeah so uh what i'd like to do is like do a beer with westgate's cranberries in the fall too you know yeah, do, like a sour it. beer and have it like real skated up yeah know? that's cool um, how do you so what's your first move when you're like hey i'm gonna start this because it doesn't seem like it's that easy to just do it no it's about a year and a half it took for us to open just okay. because there's a lot of government paperwork involved in like because alcohol and yeah drug, it's producing drug, alcohol yeah. and stuff and you you form a business at first and then you gotta pick a name and then you gotta license that name and then you have to register with the government after you 
done that even. You have like ten different federal registration forms you have to fill out. And yeah. Then you wait about two hundred to two hundred thirty days on average right now after you put in your paperwork to get approved. Yeah. So it's about a little you know, it's two thirds of a year you're waiting just to get approval. Yeah. And then you apply for your state and that's another month and a half for the state to come out and do an inspection and You gotta be really in by this point. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta be and sure you like we it. We didn't take out <laughs> loans to do any of this oh, stuff. Oh that's so good. All all of us it's used our own money to buy all the equipment we have and stuff like that so nice. um, that way we're not in any real debt so we're, and that you know that helps because like if you have to dump out a batch like I've dumped out a batch before I just didn't think it was good enough so I dumped it out it yeah. was passable yeah. and I just dumped it out because I was like it's not to my standards <laughs> But that costs three thousand dollars to do. Jesus. So like, fuck. you got to be comfortable doing that. If you have bills, you're going to be more likely to yeah. make a decision. Press the dude to let that beer go. So relax, you know. Yeah. You got pressure, you know. Any kids? Oh no, kids. Kids had pressure. Better chance of seeing God. <laughs> What'd you say it again? Better chance of seeing God. You're not going to see me. <laughs> not that I don't like kids, but like. My friends, my friends having kids was the best birth control you could ever do. Yeah, I, yeah. I was like, dude, go for it, man. I'm gonna, you know, go hang out tonight somewhere. <laughs> you know, <laughs> not <Exactly>. here. <laughs> True. You won't happen. What are some What are some obstacles you've hit while doing the brewery? How long have you been doing it? And like, what are some obstacles you've had to jump over? Um, obstacles is honestly just uh, impatience. Yeah. It takes, like, I was ready to go years ago, and, uh, you know, it just, it takes that long, and it takes a lot of money. Money's always going to be an obstacle with any new business, man. Yeah, and, sure. and if you don't like what you're doing, you know, you, you're going to have a tough time. Sooner or later, you're going to be out of money being a small business, and you're not yeah. going to have much, you know, so it's being prepared, and some of it also has to do with having the right people around you when you start the business, and having that level of support, and yeah. and under. And also having an understanding of the business you're going into, you know, and what you want to do and how you want to be perceived is, uh, yeah. and a lot of people, every new business, a lot of them don't take the time to develop some sort of artwork. Yeah. And that's more crucial than almost anything else is having, like, really attractive branding. Yeah. Even if it's simple, like, even the All I Need logo is, like, yeah. super simple, but it's just great branding, you know? Like, Thanks. it's something that will stick in your head, you know? When you see that, you'll already know exactly what that is. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, that's kind of what you got to do, especially building a new brand. And then it's, you know, once you get going, it, you'll run into certain issues brewing that you don't in other, you know, in other avenues. It's just... It's like skating, I bet. It's like you're trying to learn how to get better at something and slowly progress, you know? Like, that's what I've always looked at skating as. It's just like, okay, can I learn this trick? Can I... Like, you were saying combining stuff, and, like, yeah. it seems very much along the same vein. So, like, Experimenting. Yeah, yeah, I'm always doing new beers. Um, so, like... This is weird. So, like, you'll see homebrewers that will spend a lot of time, maybe even six months, developing a batch of beer, right? And, yeah. Like, brewing it three or four times. I... And I haven't done the same beer since I've come out. I have a whole bunch of recipes that I already have around and I can think of something and brew it. And but I've done three absolute one-offs nice. since we've opened. We've only been open a couple months and it takes 10 to 20 days to brew a beer. So, mm -hmm. And uh, 
and you're wait, and it's a lot of money. You're doing two hundred, you know, 150, 200 gallons of beer. That's yeah, you got to make sure. A lot of money sure. in grains, <laughs> a lot of money in hops, and I'll because I've done it so long and I understand how flavors work. I can say, all right, this hop combination will work with these grains. Yeah, I can walk in that morning and do a new batch of beer that never has been done before. Or I've never done it, and it'll come out fine. You're probably a good guy to know if you like beer. <laughs> um, I actually don't drink a lot of beer. Oh yeah, you were saying that actually. Yeah, yeah. I have a, I have a medical card in Rhode Island, and you know. But to be your friend might be nice because you could like if you're ever like. Hmm. I actually don't even bother going. I don't. I'm not registered, or I, I don't go to the clubs or anything. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, There's like clubs for all that. The well, brewing. not a club, but it's like a, a compassion center they call it. No shit. But no, I don't do. I, I don't really do that. I just you know, I, I acquire it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, friends. Um, That's funny. But also, I try to te- tiptoe around that a little bit because, you know, half my friends are skaters and college friends and stuff like that. And then a lot of my friends are still in law enforcement. So yeah. I try to respect, like, their profession. I don't go around my friends like that, like, cooked or anything. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, so, you know, but. Obviously, it's legal. It's legal in mass now, too, or whatever. Yeah. So people are a lot more relaxed, and I'm still of the late 90s mindset in New Hampshire where if they find a speck on you, you're going to get arrested. Yeah, they get crazy with it. Yeah. It's 2017, Yeah. God damn it. Yeah, (laughs) even cops now in New Hampshire get gnarly, but most of the time they'll search you, and, like, they'll let you go at least or something, from what I understand. I don't get... I'm older, man. I don't, like, really drive like an asshole anymore. I don't ever get pulled over that much often. That's good. They're, like, mellow with me, you know? Yeah. I, I, I... pretty much try to keep to myself and make my beer and stuff like that. You 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 were saying you had taps in certain areas? You have them all throughout New England? What do you mean? Like, as far as, like, where do you sell your beer? All right, so, like, we're on, right now we're draft only. Like, yeah. we're, you know, looking at spots to move and, um, you know. And so that's the beginning is, stages is, like, getting yeah. on draft at a spot. Well, no, most people, um... That will open a tap room first and we'll have the Oh, you were saying that. Because you make more money doing that. Yeah. But it's harder to establish a brand when the general public doesn't know who you are. So we're actually like throughout like Southern Mass and some parts of Northern Mass. Nice. In Worcester. And we have a distributor in Rhode Island that distributes a beer for us. So we're like around this area. And, nice. Um, you know, we're growing steadily. We're in Boston at a few places. Uh, so we're going to be at the Lower Depths Tap Room. In like Alston and uh, Sayo, it's in South Boston. It's a sushi restaurant. Right. Apparently, it's Tom Brady's favorite sushi restaurant. So <laughs> nice. This is He's what a I god. <laughs> this is what I Apparently, you know, five rings is nothing to sneeze at, man. Oh, uh, the Patriots are <laughs> like brutal in a good way. Like, I, you know, I still like, I didn't even watch the Super Bowl till after it happened, and I streamed it online or something. Oh, uh, nice. Like, uh, just to watch <laughs> yeah I never you know I, I watched like the last half of it I watched the comeback I yeah gnarly but uh, again we, I don't even have cable so mo- and honestly most of the time I'm online and just like you I get a business to run too so if I'm yeah. not brewing beer I'm still like talking to customers or visiting places where I'm draft or you know um, just doing the yeast you know propagating yeast or prepping for the next brew day or something so nice it's sick it's, it's sick that you can do something you enjoy and like live it you know I like that there's a whole like you know it's 90% of it isn't even brewing beer when you're running a brewery it's yeah. mostly cleaning 
Yeah. You know, just everything's sterile, you know, and uh, but other than that, it's a, it's a big people thing to, yeah. to force me to develop a little bit more relaxed um, approach to business, because, like, you get blown off a lot, and you can't really hold grudges in this business, you know? Yeah, you have to plan long-term and then work your way into it, I imagine. Yeah, it's the same with any industry. It's like yeah. money rules a lot of things, well, you know, but... We've been lucky enough and fortunate enough that the draft lines that we have put on have helped us grow. Nice. I don't actually do sales. Like, we just do by referral only. So if, like, someone emails me, uh, I'll, like, certainly put them on a waiting list. At this point, I have to put people on a waiting list because I don't even make enough beer for the accounts I have. Uh, like, it just sells out, like, fast. Yeah. That's a really good problem to have. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. For sure. But, like, it's also frustrating because you want to help these people out and you want to get out there a lot more and you just got to take the time to grow at the pace that's like... Yeah, people make a decision there sometimes that can compromise the brand. If you try to rush something before you have the right pieces or even have the right understanding of how to make that move, you know? It's like, just because the demand's there doesn't mean you can actually fill those shoes, you know? Yeah. You got to go slow. We could, but it would just... It would be to a detriment in some way. It wouldn't be to a detriment in the beer. It'd just be to a dimension detriment of like time and mental health it's just, yeah yeah that's key too uh, yeah. <laughs> um you got to be careful about not getting burned out you know and that's um but again it's a hell of a lot of fun and uh that's why i'm doing it you know it's but i also i just kind of do me like yeah um i made the conscious decision too to have kind of a certain certain art for the brand, but allow the sort of, uh, I guess you could say, perception to develop in and of itself. You're never going to control other people's perception. Yeah. And a lot of times it's, you know, if you try to do something without just allowing your brand to mature on its own, it'll come off as real fake and, like, commercial and... Yeah, dishonest, not almost. organic, yeah. forced almost, maybe. So I don't force anything, yeah. you know, um... Style I, is like forged, so like you have yeah. to you have to earn it. It has to be through repetition, and then you start to gauge a style. You can't people yeah. try to fake a style just by being like I like that and try to imitate it, but then you can tell they're imitating something they liked, and it's like it wasn't like they just naturally went that way. But some people do. I've seen people like pick up a style, like it, and go with it, yeah. and then they fill that shoe beautifully. Yeah, but style for sure is like. You gotta swing a bat a million times to get a good swing. Yeah, and I, I, I still, I always try to make the mis uh, try not to make the mistake of thinking I'm always right. To, yeah, yeah, you get into habits when you're brewing, just like you do when you're skateboarding, you're doing anything else, and you gotta remember in order to mature. And there's always something you can learn, whether you've been brewing ten years or fifty. Yeah, there's always something you can learn, just yeah. like with skateboarding. You know, it's, it's a long ending. rabbit hole. Yeah. yeah, you can just keep going forever. Yeah, it's good. Just change things and keep doing it and I'm always I'm always kind of dial we call it dialing in what I'm doing you know and yeah it'll be the same idea for this or that or the other thing or I'll do like a developmental one-off batch and say all right this is kind of the direction I want to go with it yeah um most of the time I name all the beers after books that I like sick um <laughs> give us some uh they got a beer coming out called hot water music Nice. And the, apparently it's a band, too. They didn't even know. They make music. Um, um, but Hot Water Music's a book by this guy, Charles Bukowski. He's yeah. like a poetry guy. And uh, I don't know. Um, 
So I did like uh, a perfect day for banana fish is one of the names of the beer. Sick. Mm-hmm. It's a good book too. Yeah, it's it's a short story written by this guy J D. Salinger. He wrote Catcher in the Rye. I've heard of him. Yeah. So it's usually like some sort of book reference or like it, um, I, I'm doing a beer called Punctuated Equilibrium. Nice. And that's just named after a pizza I like at Flatbread. <laughs> so like, you were telling me about some of the names. Yeah. <laughs> So, like, sometimes I'll just do, like, really fucked up names, too. Like, I'll get bored and I'll be like, fine, this will really screw with your head. And I'll just think of, like, uh, or, I'll, or, like, my partner, I'll, I'll have a name I want to use, so I'll think of two really messed up names and send them all three and tell them to pick, even though I know he's not going to pick these two. <laughs> so I think one of, them, one of them I sent him once was, uh, this sandwich has no mayonnaise. <laughs> For it was, like, name. <laughs> yeah, like... Just the most awkward names in the world, and I'll send them to him just to screw with him half the time, too. Classic. Um, but, so, yeah. You should keep him on his toes, you know? Yeah, He's got to be a part of it. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, so, um, Pleasant Surprise, like my double flagship double IPA, nice. is, uh, is named out. I was sitting, I was trying to pick names out for the beer, and I was sitting at a coffee shop on Thayer Street in Providence, mm. just sitting I like that coffee. area. There's a shop across the street called Pleasant Surprise, but I was picking, I had a list of like 30 names, I was sitting on my computer, sitting on my coffee, trying to find a name that hasn't already been used in the brewing world. Yeah. And it's really hard to be original when you have 5,000 breweries and yeah. like 50 beers each, you know, like, and <laughs> you're trying a lot to, been done. Yeah. Sure, yeah. So, you know, you're trying to find a way to stand out, and I keep picking all these names, and I'm just getting bullshit, and I look across the street, and I go, fine that one and it was named after curiosity shop called pleasant surprise oh sick and I typed it in and no one was using the name good to go there you go nice that's a good process I like it you know (laughs) I make a very conscious effort not to name a beer yeah after anything else that's been used at all yeah even once yeah that's nice Um, don't take the lazy way out You'll find it. Yeah. And it'll be and nice. It also has to fit, like, your personality. So, like... Yeah. You know, you got to find stuff. Like, I have a beer called Quench Your Curio. <laughs> what is that? It's like... Uh, it's Curio? Curio. Curio. Okay. So, Quench Your Curio is like Quench Your Curiosity. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it was, like, taken from a line in the book, uh, Cloud Atlas. There's also nice. a movie called Cloud Atlas. You might like it. I've never seen it, but I saw the title. I've seen yeah. it out there, yeah. It's, it's really cool. It was... The movie's really well done, so if you don't want to read the book, watch the movie, it's worth it. Nice. You know, but, uh, so it was taken from a line in the book, or, uh, you know, random books that I read. I'm trying to think of, there's a short story, I do I do a triple idea called Shooting an Elephant. Nice. And it's done with South African hops. So, oh, yeah, yeah, you were so telling me about that. Sometimes one. I'll do, like, a play on words with the beer that I use in reference to it. Or, nice. Um, Does it feel good to, like... To probably get like a batch out there and see the reception, like it must feel great if people are like stoked on it. Um, Just knowing you created it and you worked I'm on this. I'm still not like used to that. Yet. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. You know, I'm used to my friends telling me the beer's great, and I'm usually assuming it's because they're getting it for free. Yeah. And now I have a lot of people telling me the beer's pretty great. Yeah. Um, you also have people that on the internet they'll just shit on you for doing something different. They're, so, like, you have fanboys. I'm sure, like, you, you see it in the skate world where someone's favorite company is the only company and everything else, everyone else shit. does shit. You're all shit. Yeah, so uh, you see that, like, and that's just, you know, the, the sort of masses. 
Yeah. Like, just someone being attached to something that nothing could be as good. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like, what can you do? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry I exist. Or like, I had someone complaining that my beer tasted like hops and gave me a low score. And she goes, it tastes like grapefruit and hops. Well, hops are supposed to taste like grapefruit. <laughs> Thank you. I did my job. <laughs> it's a nice compliment. Backhanded. Yeah, you're not trying to compliment me, but that's exactly what I was trying to do. So my mission accomplished. I'll take it. <laughs> sometimes, like, I, I have to watch it now because there's a lot more people that are paying attention to the brewery and stuff. But sometimes I'd reply with, like, like I, it was everything. That comment was so stupid, I couldn't even bring myself to reply to it. Yeah, that's But right. I was about to, like, reply, like, all right, next batch, double dry hopped. Suck on that one. No, you didn't like that. Oh, it's good. There's going to be more in the next one. (laughs) (laughs) I can't say I don't get those emails where you're just like, "Fuck, how do I respond?" Like, sometimes you get people that. I mean, overall, I get overall I get comments that are helpful and and genuine. You know, but there are some where you're like, the person doesn't even know what they're writing. Like, they're not even self-aware enough to know that they're kind of. They just don't know what they're writing. So then you have to sit there and kind of go, how do I respond to that? It doesn't make sense to me. Or and then like, you have to craft an email. You don't have to, but it seems like sometimes it's a good challenge. <laughs> well, that, or, you know, you get, again, that goes more to show that, like, someone is trying to tell you how to run your brand with no idea yeah, of brand what perception it or yeah. what it takes to do it. And you're like, you should just do that. And you're like, do you know what it would take? To yeah. do that, like, it's not ever going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, ever. <laughs> <laughs> like, you just go away. <laughs> you can't, as a business owner, do that anymore. So I can't be that kind of, uh, on, on a radio show, I can kind of be a little more honest. Cause yeah. Naming names or something. But even then, I don't email those people back like a dick. Yeah. yeah you know, like, I don't... I. I and if I if I don't think I can send an email to someone without sounding like an asshole, then I won't send the email. Now. Yeah, you know like that's what happens day. eventually. For me, like been doing it as long as I am, I get emails and I'm just like I'm going to spend more time on that email when I could be actually working on something to further the brand. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's going to take me 20 minutes to respond to that. Where I have to be so tactful, it's almost not even worth it after a while because you're like, I could be doing something cool and skating right now and making yeah. something cool with skating. You're getting, you're getting, you know, fifty to hundred emails a day, easy. It's a lot. <laughs> you just fucking have to weather. Sometimes you have to pick your battles. You yeah. just got to be like, I, I can't respond to that because I will just be a dick. Yeah. If it's genuine, I'll do my best to get to it because yeah. like, there's so many things you're connected to too. Like, it's not just emails. It's like you're on Facebook. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and it's like there's the email too, and it's yeah. like there's so much stuff and that I have three business emails I have the sales one I have the info one and I have my personal one yeah, so yeah. I got and it's cool it, it, again I'm not shitting on it and the reason I, I am, honestly don't do it that often is because someone did take the time to email me yeah, exactly. but if you're an idiot I probably won't reply to you for a long mm-hmm. time yeah. I value, I'm sure you're like me, I value the people that actually have constructive criticism or just like a helpful tip or like are just being just appreciative and saying hi. Those are easy because they don't want too much. But there's like, you know, in any population of people, there's some people that go too far for sure. Or they buy your stuff and they think they own you after that. Yeah, I've had that in the past too. You're like, dope, man. I had, I had like one dude when I, we did like a sort of release thing and he drank five, eight percent double IPAs like really high ADZ <laughs> and then he followed me I gave him 15 minutes to do this I timed this one this is one of the only times I've ever 
but he, I was serving people behind the bar, and it was a release party, so I was trying to say hi to everyone who was trying the beer, and you get what I'm saying. And yeah. uh, he followed me up and down the bar telling me how much my beer sucked after he just drank five of them. You're like, God damn it. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, well, it kind of came out the way I wanted it to, and, yeah. you, you know, all right, bye. And I was getting a little more edgy minute by minute, you know. Yeah, because it gets so annoying. You're in person, yeah, like, who's grown per- human fucking yeah. insulting me again and again. You're yeah, being patient. Like, literally, if you don't like it, don't buy it, you know. Like, I don't, it's a good beer, but it's, not everyone's going to like it. Yeah, what, what is your problem? And uh, <laughs> so finally, I just look at him, and I'm like, could you do any better? He goes, fuck no. And I go, then go fuck yourself, man. <laughs> and I just walked off, and he didn't bother me after that. But that was one of the only people in the few years I've worked in the industry that I legitimately just looked at him and I was like like dude fuck off yeah know? wonder why 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 would someone do that maybe well, he's just drunk dude yeah that's what it is he wasn't saying anything bad until he was on round number five anyway and then yeah. he, that's when he started in on some bullshit how I could have done better and I was like yeah but it came out pretty good and mm-hmm. people were liking it and yeah you know we sold out of like all our beer in a night so I don't really know and now they can get online and say the shit it's the, that yeah. one person you can, the one asshole can be the loudest sometimes they just yeah. can annoy you you know like that well, happens you know also um, I remember when I was in the beer and when I would go to breweries just like when you meet a pro skater you know these people now are really a lot most people are just really excited and I remember other breweries when I was excited you know and they were cool, yeah. They were so cool about it, and, they, and a lot of those brewers were the ones that actually helped me when I get started, find the gear I needed, or gave me advice on brewing, or yeah. what you got to Because there's a big difference between brewing five gallons and brewing 150 gallons, you know? Yeah. Um, just in conversion rates and all that of science. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mathematics <science>. and science. <laughs> um, so, and, and then on top of that, you you got to go by flavor after that. So you got to know how to change the flavor of your beer based on how it tastes yeah. currently, you know, and, yep. and what to change about your brewing process to get that flavor. Yeah. So there's always things you're going to be able to make better, but, you know, that was the one guy that I didn't care for too much. Yeah, fuck off, bro. As a general rule, everyone in the brewing community and, and, you know, a lot of your reps and everyone's just stoked to see a new brewery coming out and it's been very supportive. So don't think it's, it's, few and far between when you hear about these stories. Yeah, they're, the, like the, they're the outliers. Yeah, for sure. they're not, they're certainly not the whole of the group or representative of the majority in any way. Most brewers are just super nice and willing to talk to you and chat you up. Do you ever have to deal with the perception of being something bigger than you are? Like, I've, like as a small brand, that seems to happen in skating. Like, people start to think that, like, because they see it everywhere, they start to think, like, you're massive, you know, like... And you're still a small business, but or they just don't understand what it takes, even you know what I mean. Um, in I guess in the brewing world, that's a better thing. Yeah, the perception of being bigger. Yeah, yeah. in some ways, because you're still like if you're super small and you're not everywhere, and then someone finds you, that really helps because it feels like they discovered something. Yeah, you know, um, there's obviously a lot more to that, but people like the element of discovery. So I don't even I don't um, I'm not really in a lot of places because they're making up beer to be in a lot of places yeah you know and uh, but I also don't select it based on how it will make my brand look yeah um 
like, I'll put it in a place that you wouldn't think I would just because you didn't think I would put it there, you know, or, or just a unique hole in the wall or a place that has barbecue. Like, I yeah. love Two Jerks barbecue food. Fuck yeah. So I put my beer on draft there, you know? It's not a typical place that, like, a small brand would put a beer. Yeah. But guess what? I don't care. Like, I'll just go do it because I like eating there. And he's a, Chris, one of the owners, is a real good guy. And I like what he's doing, so screw it. I'll put it there. Yeah, and, that's you know, sick. Um, I'm not, you know, I, I try to not, I try to be as unpretentious about it as possible. I just try to put, put a places I'd like to go to try a beer, yeah. put a places I like to eat, you know? And yeah, that's the way it should be done. It's good I, atmosphere, you get, you like the food already, you meet the people, yeah, like the yeah, beer's there. Yeah, mm-hmm. you just stay cool about it, and I take it very seriously. You don't think I'm not yeah. on point with what I'm doing, it's just... There's no reason to forget that you're still making beer. It's still supposed to be fun. Yeah. You know? And uh, you do have to find that balance when you own a business, but you can still make things fun. So, yeah. Um, but again, Brewing World, super supportive for the most part. That's good. Much like good. skating. Like yeah. How we were talking about your small brewery, you know, just like a young skater might not be doing the best tricks. Yeah. Or might not be. But you're just stoked to see someone out there that's stoked on riding just like you are. You yeah, know? developing. They're growing, they're developing, growing yeah. pains, figuring it out, like, worth investing in, and you can tell the heart's there. Yeah, and you'll see other brewers come over and approach you and say hi and offer their hand without you asking for a thing, just the same way as you'll see skaters lend support to another skater they don't even know when they're trying to trick for an hour. You know? Yeah. I'm it's sure you see that at skater's edge all the time, where some kid will sit on a ledge for an hour trying to back that tail slide yeah. until he gets it or something. It's the best feeling. And, and what's rad is, like, at our park, people are vocal. It's cool. Yeah. People will just yell out, like, some weird yeah. monkey noise or, like, a shri- shrill or something. You won't even see someone, like, paying attention to you, and you land a trick, and all of a sudden you hear... Yeah, the bang on the floor. I love audio. <laughs> and it's also, like... Half the time, especially when I was doing tricks, they weren't even hard. It would be like a board slide. Yeah. But you'd see people would notice you struggling with that, and they'd be like, yeah. stoked on it. Pass the stoke. Yeah. It's important. Yeah. It's super important because it's like you want to do the trick, you know, and you want someone to check it out and see it that you pulled it off and it's sick. And sometimes, you know, you have to appreciate other people's art so they'll appreciate yeah. yours. It's like a give and take, you know? Yeah. And especially if you understand how hard it is to do it. So it's like, yeah. to you, a board side might be super hard and that dude could have board sides super easy, but he'll still watch you do it and be like, damn, I knew what it took for me to learn how to board yeah. slide. And like, it's cool to pass that around with energy and, and voice. I love when people There's are vocal. tricks that just come easy, too. Like, a yeah. backside smith is really easy for me to do on a, on a like, a, on a bowl. Like you can like carve in and yeah, it just goes. It's always been really easy, and I actually accidentally learned it because I was trying to relearn uh, backside tail slides on yeah. the quarter pipe. Yeah, and I didn't pop enough, and I locked in and slid, and that's how I learned to Smith. And I was like, fine, you just don't pop, and you'll go into Smith if you. Yeah, so you're like, that's good. We're going down that way. Yeah, <laughs> fine, I'll take it. You know, like. Dude, those little gifts sometimes skating too. Like yeah. you accidentally went, like I accidentally learned backside smiths because I was trying to learn backside tail slide. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. I was when I was younger, I would like not learn certain tricks because they were trendy. Oh, uh, maybe it's there still were certain things I thought were ugly though too. Like I never really liked the foot plants while someone's skating. Everyone does that now. Yeah, like step offs and grabs and bonuses. Yeah, like, yeah. So like uh, we were, I was watching Outliers when you came in, and there's like. A really good foot plant on the last, right after Zared's part. Yeah. And he actually does a foot plant in there, but it, it's fucking huge. Yeah. It looks yeah. cool. You know? <laughs> like, 
<laughs> but a lot of the foot plant creates it, it's cool to see like style or certain tricks coming back that were like back in the day pressure flips I think everyone agreed were that's what I was going to bring up. Um, Did you ever pressure flip? I never learned how to pressure flip. I thought it was one of the most... Ugly. I actually refused to learn how to nollie for the longest time. Wow, nollie? I thought, I thought nollie tricks were ugly. See, I'm getting angry inside. I love yeah, that. Yeah, I know. It's, 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 <laughs> nollie's are my favorite. So I refused <laughs> to do that. I refused to do fakey tricks for a long time. And then I started trying to learn tray flips, and someone was like, try it fakey. And I was <laughs> like, okay. And it was like... Magic. <laughs> yeah, it was like so much easier fake you learn in tray flips. Yeah, the momentum's uh, in your favor for the most part. Though. Yeah, and all you gotta do is learn a Vera flip. If you can do that, you just hook your foot over a little bit more and bring it, depending on yeah. how you do it, you, know, you bring it down a little more on the tail and kind of. Yeah, allows it to go. Yeah, I love fakie tray flips. Yeah. I have to practice them every time, but once you get them, you can kind of get them consistent, I, I feel. Yeah. It's like it feels like a natural one to go fakie and flip the board that yeah. way. Uh, and there's certain tricks that always just came easy, and that was that was one of the tricks that helped me learn tray flips easier. Yeah, I don't even know that I could still do a kickflip right now. I could probably try it, but I'm not going to today. Well, no, dude, skateboard lesson. Just come ride around for a long time, <laughs> and then we'll get we'll have fun. And then if you feel like it, then you know, yeah, that's the best approach. Um, but yeah, so you know, and I'm sure you have those tricks that are just easy. It just came easy. Like, Some are easier than others. Yeah. For sure. um, like I can, I like I say, I have an easier time doing frontside one eighties down stuff than I do ollieing now. For some, it's the balancing. I lean back too much. Yeah. It actually makes it easier to do frontside fifty fifties. It makes it harder with my balance to do backside fifty fifties on the ledge now. Like, yeah. Because I'll pop and I'll be leaning too far back, and the board will go out instead of sucking under me and stuff. Yeah. So, it's hard, so you have to go where it complements that. You yeah. have to like go front side. But I just switch perfect balance. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so crazy. Like, <laughs> but I was also pushing Mongo when I started again too, and I had to relearn how to push normal. Like I got on the board and I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. Yeah, that's weird that that could happen. Because do you never yeah. push Mongo prior? No. Yeah, that's strange. Not at all. Well, now you have options. Yeah, well, I can certainly <laughs> have a really good switch push now. Oh, nice. <laughs> Gift in the curse. Yeah, but, uh, what, you know, again, there's easier times. Like, I had an easier time learning switch flips than I did learning regular kickflips. flips. Yeah. When I was doing it, there's certain stuff where my balance is just centered better now. So if I probably tried to learn it, I'd have an easier time learning everything switched than I do regular. Yeah, sick. But I'm also stubborn, so I want to learn it regular again. I can tell. <laughs> you want to learn it this way again. Well, well um, before we wrap this up, if people want to check out um, anything you do, yeah, you have the website? Yeah, henryandfraybrewingcompany.com, or just check us out and like us on Facebook at Henry and Fran Brewing Company. We're going to be doing it. We're actually going to be doing a collab with All I Need, I think, right? Nice, Something I would like, like to. That. Yeah, so, I would like to. Um, you know, uh, hopefully uh, after this radio show is done, we'll be able to get into that a little bit. I yeah, we'll talk more. For stretch sure. like an hour out on that. <laughs> yeah, we're still going. It's uh, good though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But so it's Henry and Fran. Henry and Fran, like T F R A N. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. And uh, you can find us on Facebook and like us and try to find our beer somewhere. You know, Fuck if you yeah. email me. Thank you, again, if you email me again, you know, uh, anyone can just email me and find it on the Facebook or the website, and I'll answer. So Facebook and, I mean, Facebook and the website are the two they use at the moment. Yeah. Nice. Um, I did take my phone number off there because I had too many people calling me. Hey. <laughs> but, yeah, I noticed that. I love you, bro. I got, I'm, I'm really sorry, guys, but I was getting, like, at least 30 calls a day from people, and I had to... 
still have to, I still have a job to do, guys. So <laughs> <a little> <laughs> nice. But uh, thanks again for having me on this show, man. It no, really dude. Fun. Thanks for uh, talking about everything. Because yeah. you've had a pretty interesting life, and uh, I don't know. Some people become introverts and don't want to share and talk about stuff. You know, it's hard. It's fucking hard. I know that firsthand how hard it is to open up and express yourselves. Emotions take over, especially if you've been through some shit and you've seen some shit. You know. But it's cool when someone's down to talk about it. So. Yeah, absolutely. Thank exactly. you for having Thanks. me again. Cheers. Last thing before we go, I'd just like to say thank you for listening to the show and for supporting and spreading the love. It means a lot. And also, don't forget, let me know how you feel about Go Motherfucking Skate Day. Uh, you can respond on any of our social media sites, which is Instagram is at all I need skate. Twitter is the same. Facebook is All I Need Skateboarding, and if you're on YouTube, please check us out, youtube.com forward slash All I Need Skate.